CBC Sports presents the 1973 Grey Cup Classic as the Edmonton Eskimos meet the Ottawa Rough Riders at CNA Stadium in Toronto. We're looking in on the final few hours of Canada's great festival, Grey Cup Week. A festival that brings this huge country together. Thousands here at CNE Stadium. And each one of you at home, wherever you may be in Canada, now focus attention on a single event. A Grey Cup game means many things to many people. If you're from Ottawa or Edmonton, it's pride in your team. It can also be East against West or Conference against Conference. Surely everyone has a favorite, and that expression will surface. A true competitive spirit has been developed for this game, but no matter how competitive, when it's all over, there will be celebrations, discussions, and new friendships. That's the way a festival should end, in fun. Some claim we're in a golden age of sports. Years from now, people will be talking about this and other events. The artificial turf here at CNE Stadium has a manicured look for this final game of the CFL season. The field occupied by young Canadians, bands, majorettes, which add to the brilliant color of the Grey Cup game. spectacular sight, one to be remembered over the years. The game and its festival have grown together as the largest and most important sporting event in Canada. I'm Ernie Afghanis, and it's my pleasure to be here as co-host with CTV's Pat Marsden. Pat, from the view here on the stadium roof, it's a spectacular day in the sun. Well, you're right, Ernie, and hello, everybody. Uh, what a pleasure it is to be here with you again this afternoon. I don't know how many great cups I've been at, and they're all just as thrilling as the initial one. And you know, I think sometimes we tend to forget that this is a tremendously exciting couple of hours that all of us as Canadians enjoy. It doesn't matter whether you're cheering for the East or the West. The significant thing is that we're here to have a good time, and a good time we're going to have. What a tremendous day it is here at the CNE today. It's 38 degrees. Boy, we've been so lucky with the weather so far. Ernie, as you mentioned, the field will not be a factor because of the artificial turf. It's going to be a great game. There's going to be a lot of fun happening down at field level, and we're going to bring it to you. Troy, now let's go back upstairs. What they mean to certain people, but probably one event, the Grey Cup game, holds all the excitement and importance as a truly Canadian sports event should be. Don, it's great to be involved in this highlight day, the showcase of Canadian sport, a unique event where the day-to-day -day worries of the country are exchanged for an emotional fling that culminates in our football championship. From this seat, it seems that you can see all of Canada. That means Grey Cup, and we hope we can share it with all you folks in your homes today. You know, you get a tingling sensation when Canada's team marches into the Olympic Games opening ceremonies, or that night last fall when the Russians right. and the Team Canada players met for the first time. But today, it's not nation against nation. It is East versus West in Canada, and yet that same electricity is here in the air. You know, some events may offer more awards, but in this one, 64 players will be giving maximum effort for their team in half a country, a country that knows that race means to run to daylight, that color refers only to uniform, 
and that creed is the spirit that brings teams like Edmonton and Ottawa together. I had this feeling, as corny as it may sound, in 1951 when I first sat behind this mic, but it's been reaffirmed to me many times since. I know what you mean. Now let's meet our analysts on today's Grey Cup game, Russ Jackson and Dick Shadow. Thanks very much, Don. Well, Richard, this is the third straight Grey Cup. We've had the pleasure of working together, and since we will have some new fans out there watching us today, can you give them some hint on maybe some tendencies with this Edmonton ball club? Well, Russ, as you know, everybody's pretty well covered the players and the game itself. And in a game like this, I think there's a tendency, everybody's sort of hypered up as to uh, get into that backfield. One thing that you might pay particular attention to is the Edmonton Eskimos, where they go up with a quick count. Wilkie, the quarterback, and I think he snuck this uh, little act from uh, Russ Jackson early, <laughs> they go up in a three-point stance. Now, if they're in a three-point stance, that means with the lineman with one arm down, that means they're going to go quick or they're going to go long. The reason being that if anybody jumps offside, the center will snap that ball up, and of course it's an offside penalty and a good offensive play. Now, Russ, uh, we're talking about quarterbacks, and Wilkie, what about Rick Cassata? Well, you sort of blame that little quick count on me. There were a lot of guys who used that before I did, but uh, we had some success with it. But Rick Cassata, as most people I'm sure are aware, is going to be the starting quarterback for this Ottawa football club because Jerry Keeley did hurt himself in that particular sudden death final game. But a lot of people are wondering if Coach Jack Gotta might pull Rick back a little bit because he is a better quarterback when he's allowed to run. And I believe, because of having been in that position myself, that Coach Jack Gotta might tell Rick, look, in the first half, you cool it a bit. Don't run as much as you might want to, because if they crank Rick Cassad early in this ball game, it could be game over, because watching Jerry Keeling, I just don't think he can get into the ball game. And they don't have anybody except Jim Foley, possibly, to put in to replace him. So he might hold him in pack a little bit until the second half. Then if it's needed, he might say, okay, Rico, we've only got half a game to go. You'd better do something with it, and you better start running. So I think he might pull him in a little bit, but uh, Rico might fool us and start to run. Well, Richard, we'll look for a good ball game. Dick and I have to get down to the respective dressing room. While we're doing that, let's go over to Don Whitman at the West Bench. Thanks, Russ. Well, there was some pregame concern with the Edmonton Eskimos over the size and the quality of the cast that was being worn by defensive end uh, Smith of the uh, Ottawa Rough Riders. And the concern was that perhaps it was just a little too heavy and there may be uh, some injury possibilities if he were to hit one of the players with it. The officials checked it out, and uh, I believe they're going to put some additional padding on it. Ray Yock was also a little concerned about his uh, own club and the possibility of Billy Cooper not being able to start at that defensive corner. If he is unable to start, they may have to do some adjustments, and it will likely mean that Gary LaFave and Larry Highball will go both ways. They could alternate at the flanker position and at that defensive corner position. There's also a chance that Farlinger and Henshaw could be switched in there, but it's more than likely that it will be uh, Highball and LaFave going both ways. From the West Bench, let's now move over to my confrere at the Ottawa bench, Pat Marzen. Thank you, Don. The story, really, from an Ottawa point of view, is that Rick Casada will start at quarterback for the Rough Riders and go all of the way, barring something totally unforeseen. But there is something that has not really been known prior to just moments ago, and that is that Jim Evenson is hurting. And that will be a significant thing insofar as the Ottawa attack is concerned. He left to uh, go into the dressing room a few moments ago to get a shot in an ankle that he hurt in a preseason game. Now, Evenson has been hurting, from what I'm told, for all of this past 1973 campaign. If he's hurting no more than he was all year, I'm sure that that will not be bad news from an Ottawa point of view. But that's the situation at the East Bench. Let's go upstairs to Ernie Afghanistan. 
Essentially, 4,000 bleacher seats have been added to CNE Stadium, which increases the capacity to 38,000. And because of the tremendous interest in the Grey Cup game and football generally in this area, plans have been submitted to increase the capacity to 50,000 in the near future. The country has gone football crazy. Grey Cup 73 from CNE Stadium in Toronto continues in just a moment. Back at CNE Stadium, where the Burlington, Ontario Team Cure Band is performing. This nationally famous band has 150 members under the direction of Eric Ford and drum major Bob Webb. Now, they won first prize in the Parade of Champions in Philadelphia recently. And they've performed the Orange Bowl in Miami, Florida. And January 1st, they've been invited to take part in the Cotton Bowl in Dallas, Texas. Let's watch.
Rush Jackson and Dick Shadow, two former CFL stars working with our broadcast crew, know and understand the tense and quiet feeling before that big game. Here's Dick Shadow in the Edmonton dressing room. As I stand here in the Edmonton dressing room, everyone sort of reflecting back on the 22 games that have brought them this far. Some sadness, too, as they know that this game, the big one, is also the last game of the season. Yes, they'll miss it. Not the practicing, but the closeness. The family feeling of being through many hard times together. Here under the stands with only minutes to go, you sort of forget the hoopla of the Grey Cup. You're away from the prying press. You're alone. Each one psyching himself up in his own way. Some staring into space. Others fooling with last-minute equipment repairs or even a tape job. And yes, there are those that are in throwing up, relieving their nervousness. The nervousness is one of not wanting to make an error, to let your team down. And what about the coach and his assistants? They're just as nervous, but they can't throw a block or even make a tackle. And we'll try and get a hold of Coach Ray Yock right now for a comment. Coach? There must be a certain amount of frustration on your part and the part of the uh, coaches uh, knowing that there's really nothing that you can do but uh, stand by and wait. Well, that's true. You're always wondering. You know, you're always wondering every football game, but uh, you feel like your players, uh, their men, uh, they've come this far and done this much that they'll go out there and give their best, and after all, that's all you can ask of them. Any last-minute changes that you would make at this time? No, I don't believe so. I think that uh, everything has been done, and uh, we've been, as you say, playing 22 football games. Uh, some of our players, most of our players, and everything's done. It's just a matter of going out there and doing the job. Coach, an outstanding season. Good luck in the game coming up. Thank you, Dick. So there you have it. Maybe you're better off in the comfort of your home and the dreams of being a football hero. For here, these 32 men, besides the mental torment of waiting, the physical battle of the game, will also be tested later on as they have to handle the sweet taste of victory or the agony of defeat. Dick Chateau from the Edmonton dressing room. It's been quite a year for the Ottawa Roughrider Football Club family. Many people are picking them as the comeback team of the year. After starting the regular season and losing their first four games, many people didn't think they would even make the Eastern playoffs. That alone be here today, Great Cup Day, representing the Eastern Conference here at CNE Stadium in Toronto. Standing outside the Ottawa Football Club dressing room door brings back many fond memories for one Rush Jackson. I'm thinking of the guys in there now, what they are doing, what they are thinking. That very strange feeling that the season is coming to a close, that this is the game you aimed at when you started training last June. This is what it's all about, playing in the Grey Cup game. The quarterbacks at this time are concerned that they've forgotten the important plays they must remember. The defensive backs worried about the coverage they must put on the Edmonton ball carriers and pass receivers all afternoon. Many thoughts are going through the minds of those guys inside that door. Their head coach, Jack Gotta, has been in four Grey Cup games, but as an assistant coach. This is his first effort as the head coach. And I'd like to ask Jack Gotta exactly what it's like to be the head coach of a Grey Cup team. No comparison, Russ. A lot more pressure. Uh, the, the first time, especially, I was like a tourist. You know, went there in, in 1966, didn't know what it was all about. Never had the privilege of going to a Grey Cup as a player. 
consequently, the first time I was there, I was kind of just awed by everything and uh, got a little bit of background coming here as the first time as a head coach, but the tension and the build-up uh, the last couple of days has been tremendous. Can you tell them anything in this last 15 minutes in the dressing room here? Not really. Kind of slow them down a little bit. I think this, I think that uh, they're ready to play a good football game. Uh, we're not beat up coming into the ball game. We had a couple of uh, naturally injuries to key personnel in Wayne Smith and Jerry Keeling, but the rest of the guys are 100%, and we'll see action from Smith and Keeling also. Well, good luck this afternoon, Jack. Now let's go out to Pat Marsden, where he's at field level, and the action is building up there. Ladies and gentlemen, approaching in his car is His Excellency, the Right Honorable Roland C. Michener, Governor General of Canada, and Her Excellency, Mrs. Michener. Governor General Michener is attending his final Grey Cup game in his capacity as Governor General of Canada. by CFL President David Loeb and Commissioner Jake Goddard, His Excellency, the Governor General of Canada. Ladies and gentlemen, will you please rise for the royal salute. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing the Western Conference champion, Edmonton Eskimos. The right end, number 55, Ron Estes.
the right defensive tackle, number 74, Ed Molstad. The left tackle, number 66, John Lagrone. The left end, number 68, Dave Nechtel. The right linebacker, number 40, Caesar Belzer. The middle linebacker wearing number 45, Sam Britt. Wearing 35, the left linebacker, Marty Huff. The right linebacker, number 13, Larry Hybaugh. At right defensive back, number 17, Dick Dupuis. The safety is number 18, John Farlinger. The left defensive back, number 71, John Beaton. Wearing number 22, Billy Cooper. And coach Ray Yock and the rest of the Edmonton Eskimos. the Eastern Conference champion, Ottawa Rough Riders. The offensive unit at right end, number 77, Tom Pullen. The right tackle is number 62, Mo Racine. At right guard, wearing 56, Tom Schutte. The center is number 42, Bob McEwen. At left guard, number 51, Roger Perdrick. The left tackle, wearing 66, Doug Collins. The left end, number 74, Rome Nixon. Number 27, wide receiver, Huey Oldham. At running back, number 20, Art Green. 
Number 28, running back Jim Evenson. The slot back is number nine, Jim Foley. And starting at quarterback number 16, Rex Casada. The head coach of the Ottawa Rough Riders, Mr. Jack Skoda. And the rest of the Eastern Conference champions. Boys and girls, at this moment, coming to center field are the game referee, Mr. Bill Fry, and the line umpire, Mr. Don Barker, to meet with the team captains, Mr. John Legrone and Mr. Tom Wilkinson of the Edmonton Eskimos, and Mr. Mo Racine and Mr. Wayne Giardino of the Ottawa Rough Riders. The captains will advise the referee of their choice to kick or receive or select which end their team will defend to start the game. Thank you. Captain Racine, you have the first choice, sir. We will receive. Ottawa will receive the ball. Edmonton, you'll kick from what end? You will defend the scoreboard end. Kicking. Thank you. Edmonton, kicking from the scoreboard. Ottawa. Receiving. Good luck, gentlemen. Have a good game. The captains have been given the option. As you saw, the decisions have been made for the opening play. We'll be back in just a minute with our national anthem. And then the kickoff of Breakup 73. Ladies and gentlemen, out of respect for our flag and country, Will you please rise and join Gordon James in the singing of our national anthem, O Canada. Let's meet the game officials. Bill Fry, the referee. Don Barker is the line umpire. Bill Dell is the back umpire. Jacques DeCarey is going to be the head linesman. The field judge, Jim Lysak. 
and the standby official Abe Kovnatz, who will be standing by here in our television booth, unless he is required in this Grey Cup game. Quite a scene, Russ, as these teams get ready to start the game, and the colorful bands make their way to the sidelines. The largest crowd ever to see a Grey Cup in Toronto, almost 37,000 with the extra seating. And there really is no way to describe it. You see it right there, the colorful scene that uh, I know millions are watching across Canada and across the United States today. Don, this is the time in, in this particular ball game that every player has thought about. And the butterflies will disappear as soon as Dave Cutler hits this ball and gets it down to the Ottawa team. The riders will receive, but the Eskimos will have the wind. It is quite strong, up to about 25 miles an hour. 39 degrees at game time, and wouldn't you know, a light rain has just started to fall here at the CNE. Jim Foley's up around the 15-yard line as a short receiver for the Ottawa Rough Riders. Dave Cutler flexing his leg, waiting for the go-ahead from referee Bill Fry. The excitement, the electricity building here as Cutler moves into the ball and the Grey Cup game is underway. Al Marcelin tumbles across the 30-yard line. The 34 he's brought down and the Ottawa Rough Riders will play into the win. The first out of that point. 23-yard return by the speedback Marcelin. Rick Casada with healing injured of the bad leg will start at quarterback. Green, Evenson, Oldham, and Foley will complete the backfield. Rome Nixon, of course, the big tight end, number 74 for Ottawa. Terry Wellesley heading out on the right side. Nixon on the left for the first down call from the 33-yard line. Pitch to Art Green. Green to the 36-37 yard line. It's going to have maybe three in the play. Caesar Belser, number 40, met him. Rick Casada with that completion percentage just over 53. Ray Ock, the head coach of the Eskimos, who won that thrilling Western final last week against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders at home. Ottawa's tight end 77 is Tom Pullen. Evenson in motion right. Good rush on Casada, And it's dropped by Art Green. It'll be third down, rough riding. Big rush came from Dave Nectel, number 68, on Rick Casada. Well, Rick Casada is going to have a long afternoon here because the Edmonton Eskimos, that particular play really came on and forced him to let that ball go early. But, Don, in the first couple of plays, it looks like the Edmonton Eskimos are... Maybe going to play Larry Highbow out on Hugh Oldham as a man-to-man -man defense and then let the other four defensive backs play zone because Billy Cooper is going to Rome Nixon's side. Quee, McGregor, and Farlinger back to receive the punt from Dick Adams. A good charge on Adams, but it's high. Dupuy at the 37-yard line reaches the 41. And the Eskimo will have the ball for the first time. 36-yard punt by Dick Adams. John Smith made the Ottawa tackle. And the early gambling and calculations by Rayock paid off. We see here Rick Casada going back to throw this ball, and he wants to set up a little screen pass, so we see the pressure that he got. And this is one thing that the Edmonton Eskimos might try and do, thinking that Casada's going to throw that ball a little bit, put some pressure. Wilkinson, number 12, starts at quarterback. Harrell, 19, Bell, 14, behind him. Warren now on the right slot. 
This is Roy Bell, the top rusher in the CFL, contained for a loss at the 38-yard line by Tom Laputka, number 60. Last will be two, Eskimos second and 12. Wilkinson with Bell, Harold, Don Warrington, and Gary LaFay. And of course, their outstanding receiver, the outstanding player in Canada, number 76, George McGowan. Tyrone Walls, the tight end, number 75. McGowan goes left, Warrington right at second and 12. Ottawa, early motion. Markers drop. Pass is no good. Another flag thrown as Wilkie was dumped by Big Wayne Smith. And they are having some words at the 30-yard line. Players milling about, pushing and shoving. Don, there are two markers thrown. The first one was offside, but here we see Wayne Smith taking a shot at a quarterback, and the official right there, the referee calling, probably roughing. We have the original offside with Wayne Smith, and it appeared Rudy Sims jumped as Tom Wilkinson came up made that particular offside with that quick count and then as we see Wayne Smith laid one on the quarterback the official right there to call it so he probably has two calls an offside and a rough at least Smith as you see referee Bill Fry give us the offside signal then the rough play signal it is a 20 yard advance for Edmonton and Smith did use the arm that does not have a cast on it at least he, he used some discretion there Jack Goddard a little upset there, but there was some speculation whether Wayne Smith would start or whether Jack Goddard would leave him on the bench and maybe get him a little excited because they were concerned that he might protect that arm a little bit and maybe by sitting him on the bench, getting him excited about the game, that he might come on a little stronger. But they started him, and Brandon has started in Piaskowski's spot on the right side. He got excited early. The Eskimos with a penalty to the 51-yard line of Ottawa. First down. Bale now shifts beside Harold. Wilkinson gets the ball to Harold, finds his way across the 50 to the 45-yard line. That'll be first down, 40-yard line of the Ottawa Rough Riders. Marcelin and Woodward combined to bring him down. Well, a great effort by Harold as he came off the right side. He was supposed to go up the middle, but the right side of the offensive line with Turner and Martin walled it off, and then he just ran over Al Marcelin, who's a good sticker himself as a defensive back, and got the extra five yards for the first down. Ball between the 38 and the 39 of the Ottawa Rough Riders. Warrington now, 21, moves to the left side in the slot. This is Roy Bell at the 35. The 30 wide open. Roy Bell is gone. The first touchdown of the Great Cup game. Just an off tackle play going to the left, and they broke this. Snoopy Campbell came in here, and they got him, and that's the key. Well, watch number 54. He got walled off to the inside. And number 50, Willie Martin, got around the corner. Rod Woodward, who's playing that free safety spot, came up, and he got caught to the inside by Willie Martin, the right offensive guard, going around up the off tackle hole. And Bell, if you give him that spot, he went all the way for the touchdown. What an exciting start to this Grey Cup game. And now the extra point attempt by number 26, Dave Cutler, with Wilkinson holding. It is good. And the Eskimos jump into a converted touchdown lead. The game, just over three minutes old. The score is the end of the Eskimos' seven. And the Ottawa Rough Riders, nothing. 1973 Grey Cup game continues in just a moment. It took the Eskimos three minutes and 29 seconds to score the Grey Cup's first touchdown. Now, Cutler's kickoff. 
Joe Marshall and inside the five-yard line. Turns to the outside at the 30 and is contained there. These are Bells, are number 40 with the Eskimo tackle. Again, we see the touchdown to Bell, and the key block will be Willie Martin, number 50, if we can pick him up. He's got Rod Woodward right there. Rod Woodward got caught on the inside, and once he got past there, Wayne Tosh had come up on the outside, trying to contain it in case it went wide as an end sweep. And there was a big slot there for Bell to go into the end zone. And we see it took four plays, 69 yards, but there was 20 yards in the penalties there against the Ottawa football game. You know why Bell was the top rusher in Canada, 1973. 31-yard line. Rick Cassata to Jim Evenson. Evenson for 36 past five. Rip number 45 there, Este and Beaton helping out. It'll be second down and five for the Rough Riders. They trail 7-0, the light rain falling, as it has, ironically, from the exact time of the kickoff. Just at 1.30 here in Toronto, but it is nothing like the rain the college bowl teams had to endure yesterday and the fine win by St. Mary's over McGill on the same C&E turf. Rick Casada. Good charge. Gets it away at Tom Cullen. Cullen, first down at the 47-yard line. Met by Sam Bretz, number 45. A gain of 11. Well, Rick Cassata going back, and Tommy Pullins on the right side as the tight end. And he delays. We see him there delaying. He makes what we call a slow block. He makes as though he's going to block, and then he picks that open slot between the linebackers, and he picks up the first first down for the Ottawa Football Club. Russ, this has the makings of a truly exciting Grey Cup game, the way they started. First down from the 48-yard line. Even sitting in motion, Cassata sets a throw to Foley, and they read that well. Even if Foley had caught the ball, the three was all over him. It becomes second down from the 48 and still 10. Well, they're making Cassata throw a little early, and Coach Ray Yock has got this defensive front four of his high for this ball game, and they're getting in on Rick Cassata. He's throwing short. He's not trying to go deep at all, but they're getting good pressure on him, making throw maybe just before he really wants to. Gasata gets it away. It is no good. Juggling act lost by Rome next to number 74. It comes third and ten Rough Riders. Their own 48-yard line, and again they will give the ball back to the Western champion Eskimos, who lead 7-0. Well, let's say he gets good pressure on here. He was blocked by the fullback, number 28. But again, they're making Casada pay. That's about the third time in four passes he's attempted that he has been hit. And this means that there's real good pressure coming on. But Ottawa's going to have to do something to take that off the set. Adams, of course, recovered a punt this year for a touchdown. This one is good and high and deep. It is coming down for the bounce to the 20-yard line. McGregor lost the ball. That's a free football in there. The Eskimos recover it at the five. Somewhat careless handling of that football by the Eskimo punt returners. Dick Dupuy had to cover it up, make the recovery. Ray Yock a little nervous on that play run. With a bounce, 46 yards, the length of the kick. And now the Eskimos pinned deep at their own five-yard line with the lead, 7-0. We are approaching the midway mark in the first quarter of the Grey Cup game. 
Rough Riders front four with Wayne Smith, Tom LaFutka, Woody Sims, and Charlie Brandon. Wilkinson still has the ball. The long pass for the fade. He overthrew him by five yards. Marcelin back there covering for Ottawa. Wilkie very courageously throwing long out of that deep hole of the five, Russ. Well, he gave a little fake in the middle. Sure, the Ottawa team is looking for him to run that ball out of that spot on his own five-yard line. But he threw deep with Lefebvre going down there, and he didn't give Ottawa any chance to intercept that ball. He was a little concerned that he'd overthrown Lefebvre, but Marston was in pretty good position. It's the first time he has gone to the air today. It is now second down from the five-yard line and still ten. Walls comes right with Lefebvre. Left side, McGowan and Warrington. Wilkinson Smith has... A rush in the end zone. Brandon in pursuit. Gets it away. It is no good. He just bailed out with that pass. Tyrone Walls had been the intended target, but he was surrounded near the 12-yard line by Adams and Campbell. Here is Don Whitman. Well, one of the problems that the Eskimos may encounter this afternoon is with the punt receiving game. Billy Cooper, who has that injured ankle, is not back there, and he has been replaced by Henshaw. They have three back. They have Dupuis, Henshaw, and McGregor, and we could keep an eye on that this afternoon because Cooper is not back there. Ottawa sending back three punt return men, Woodward 26, Adams 33, and Foley 9. And they're fanned out between the 35 of the Eskimos and midfield for Gary LaFave's punt. Not much to choose between these putters in terms of seasonal averages. This one is chopped high around the 47-yard line to Foley. Foley is downed inside the 40. They will mark him at the 39 of the Eskimos. Gary Adam, number 62, with the tackle. The punt traveled 42 yards. The return was eight. And Ottawa with their best field position of this game. At the 38-and-a-half-yard line of the Eskimos, trailing 7-0 midway through quarter one. Rick Cassata might be a little concerned about the condition of the ball. He came out from the bench and before going in the huddle, pointed to the official to wipe it off, and the official did a good job that time. You owed him wide right, number 27, green in motion right. This is Rick Cassata. Lots of time to throw wide open is Nixon. Touchdown! He beat Billy Cooper by a country mile. Well, they're putting high ball over with Oldham, and Cooper is going on the side where Rome Nixon went. On a particular play, they put Green in motion to the right. He went in motion, ran the seam, and Rome Nixon just ran a fly pattern down the left side and caught it for the six points. Green has gone in motion now to the right, and Rick Asada went straight back, looked to the right, you notice, and Rome Nixon just ran a straight fly pattern. He was flanked out to the left, and had Billy Cooper beaten by about five yards. Now the point after by Jerry Organ. That is good. We've got a tie game. Midway in the first quarter, the score is the Edmonton Eskimos 7 and the Ottawa Rough Riders 7. The 1973 Grey Cup game continues in a moment. Two 38-yard scoring plays. A run by Roy Bell for the Eskimos. A pass from Casada to Rome Nixon for the Ottawa Rough Riders. The Grey Cup game is even at 7-7. As Oregon now has to contend with Larry Highbaugh and Roy Bell on the kickoff. Don, during practice, he was actually practicing from the right hash, kicking it low to the corners. Exactly what he did here. They don't want to kick it to Highbaugh. Britt's got a hold of it. The ball comes free, but the Eskimos have it back at the 37. That's rule. That marker you see is an offside pass. 
But the Eskimos are going to keep the football. Forward number 63 recovered the ball as it tumbled ahead of the Brits' hands into his. And what they do there is simply mark it back to the last point of possession, which is inside the 35 to 34. Brits getting this ball and the low kickoff. They want to keep it away from Highbond. He gets a pretty good stick here from number 54, Jerry Campbell. And actually, it was the helmet of Campbell that hit the ball, bounced it forward, and it goes back to where the contact was made with Brits. On the 34, first down, Eskimo. Roy Bell, no room, no game. Sims was in there. Laputka and Smith, almost the entire front four of the Rough Riders. It'll be second and ten. Don, that's exactly the same play that Bell went 38 yards for a touchdown on, but the Ottawa Football Club didn't overrun it this time. They were in the right spots, and Campbell, playing that middle linebacker spot, didn't get caught to the inside. Well, there's the scoring drive, short and sweet to tie it up. 38-yard pass to Nixon. 7-7, seven, seven, six and a half minutes to go. Early movement there, a marker strong. Wilkie rolling on the left side. Sideline pass, McGowan's first catch today. Dances around and finally is contained by Tosh at center field. It looked as though the Ottawa Rough Riders were offside and this game is going to stand. Well, again, Wilkie coming up with that quick count and the Ottawa Club, they're delaying. How's the center is delaying just a bit to bring that ball up. And Wilkie had plenty of time. And when you give him plenty of time like that, when he's rolling out and you've got a receiver like McGowan sitting on the sideline, it doesn't give the defensive backs like Wayne Tosh much of a chance. That penalty declined by the Eskimos. Offside Ottawa's Brandon jumped the gun. They go from center field. First down. Batted away. The pass knocked down at center field. Looked like Charlie Brandon or Mark Cosmos might have got a hand on it. There was a penalty marker thrown. Penalty has been declined. It was against the Eskimos for offside. So now becomes second and ten on the incomplete pass near the 55-yard line. Light rain still falling, but it is of no consequence on this artificial turf here in Toronto. Early motion again. Markers down. The release is out to Calvin Harrow. He's got room at the 35. Pulled down from behind by Jerry Campbell inside the 30. Looked as though Ottawa had jumped first. We'll wait for the official ruling. Yes, well, the game will stand. We get the early motion from Rudy Sims, but you watch Calvin Harrell when he gets this ball. It's screen pass, and Willie Martin, number 50, is out here to block, and he sets Adams up perfectly, and Harrell does what he should do. Even though the block by Martin wasn't complete on 33, he came right off Martin's tail, got the partial block, and went down and got the big first down. But this three-point stance I know that Dick talked about at the top of the show with me is certainly being effective with this Ottawa line because they're aggressive, they want to get started, and they're drawing them outside in key situations. Harrell gains 26 yards. He's an All-American from Arkansas State. Takes them down to the 29-and-a-half-yard line. And now Harrell again with a big opening on the right side, reaches the 15 down to the 12. Yes, to the running game, tearing gaping holes in the Ottawa defense. Campbell and Adams finally caught up with Harrell that time. 18 yards. 
Well, just a straight-ahead play here. Harrell lining up at the fullback, and we watch number 60, Tom Lepatka. That's the guy that should have had Harrell, but he took an inside route. When he took the inside route, he left a hole big enough to bring a truck through, and sometimes when you see a back like that coming at you, Don, they look like trucks. And they feel like a truck when you make contact with them. Lafayette is wide left, McGowan right, Wilkinson rolling. Now back to the other side. Can't find a man open. Wilkie will have no game. Out of the sidelines, the 12-yard line, and the grasp of Dick Adams, number 33, and Wilkinson is down. Wilkinson has been shaken up on that play. Well, Wilkinson wanted to go to the left, but he came back to the right side, and you don't have good blocking there. It appeared to start as a rollout, and we watched the contact. Campbell's the first one. He wants to get out of bounds now, but Campbell held him up just enough to spin him around to give Adams and Smith a chance to come down on him here, and Wilkie is still down on the sideline, and as we all know, he had a bad back the last couple of weeks, and this could be the problem. Well, it's hard to know exactly what happened. Uh, it may have been that initial clothesline contact from Jerry Campbell around the throat area that shook him up. But uh, the Eskimo training staff having a close look at the man who started this Grey Cup game at quarterback for them, Tom Wilkinson. They have Bruce Lerman standing in reserve and quite capable of stepping in as he did so well last week against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Ottawa not so fortunate should the Rough Riders have an injury problem. And, of course, Jerry Keeling is really unable to play. Again, watching from the end zone, we see Jerry Campbell making the initial contact. As Don said, that might have shook him up a little bit, but he was trying to get out of bounds, and if Campbell hadn't made that contact, I'm sure he would have made it out of bounds without being hit. We can only speculate the arm went down under him as he did land on the turf. And now Lemmerman goes to work in a hurry to warm up for the Eskimos because Wookie will miss at least this one play. Now he is up and makes his way very slowly across field to the Edmonton bench. Well, he used to have that chew of tobacco. I hope he didn't have it in his mouth that time, Don. Now that he's better, I'm sure that he'll be back in this ball game because this is something Wilkie's waited for a long time. I'll tell you something. While the <clears throat> Rough Riders' attention was diverted toward the injury and the brief pause we had, the Eskimos have slipped in Larry Highbaugh, and Highbaugh is standing in a crowd in the huddle hoping the Eskimos will not notice him with that great speed. Let's watch what happens for the Rough Riders. Watch what will happen on this next play coming up once Wilkie makes his exit. Now here's Don Whitman. Well, there obviously is some concern, I'm sure, among Eskimo fans about the injury to Tom Wilkinson, but also the state of health of Bruce Lemmerman. He suffered a very bad cut on his elbow in that playoff game against Saskatchewan, and for the first couple of days, he had difficulties throwing the ball in practice here in Toronto this week. But yesterday, Coach Dave Cascio told me he was throwing as well as he has all season, so they're not the least bit concerned about Lemmerman going in in place of Wilkinson. They've been switching throughout most of the season anyway. All right, Don. Russ, it is dangerous for us to quarterback, even for you, from uh, this distance up here in the broadcast booth at the CNE. But let's watch what Larry Highbaugh does on this play as the Eskimos are second down from the 12-yard line. Highbaugh does not have a first down, but got about eight yards near the four. Well, Highball lined up as the slot back on the left side, and the outside man went straight down, ran a deep pattern. Highball ran the out pattern, but they got to him soon enough on about the four-yard line, and they're a couple of yards short. But Lemmerman fired this ball, and certainly in throwing the ball out there to Highball, it didn't appear that he's got any problem with his arm. And the fans are yelling, go, go. But I think 
Ray Ock's going to send that field goal team in there. Russ, do you know of anybody in sports uh, that wears number 13 in Canada, professional sports? Not in Canadian pro sports, not. I guess Larry Highbaugh's the only one. And beginning of the season when he appeared in Edmonton, I think Ray Ock had reservations about letting him wear number 13, but he had such a good preseason, I guess he said, go ahead and do it. Well, Tom Wilkinson is all right now, at least in terms of being able to hold for the field goal attempt by Cutler. They're two yards away from the first down. The attempt will come from just outside the 10. As from the end zone, you see it go through. The Eskimos are back in the lead again. Edmonton 10 and Ottawa 7 with about three and a half minutes of first quarter time remaining. Don, one of the interesting speculations this week is the field goal record in the Great Cup game as far as the length is concerned. I believe the record is a 38-yard field goal, and we know that both Jerry Organ and Dave Cutler have the capabilities of breaking that record and giving the opportunity. I know many fans will find that a little surprising, but Great Cups are often played in bad weather and high winds, and the record is 38. First down, 35-yard line. Cassetta, and off to Green. Green got about two near the 37. Cut down quickly by John Legron, and here is Pat Marsden. Well, Don, you can look for two things from this Ottawa attack. They will definitely go to that slow arrow that they scored the touchdown on because Coach Jack Oda is convinced they can score on that on another occasion today. They'll also go to that screen pass to Jim Foley that with one block could have gone all the way. Watch for those two plays. They're going to be coming up. All right, Pat. Second and eight, 37-yard line. with the plays, Billy Cooper, who labored a bit going downfield, came, is out of the ball game, and Jerry Lefebvre is replacing him. The score is Edmonton Eskimos 10 and the Ottawa Friders 7. The 1973 Great Cup game continues in a moment. Tom Wilkinson, the quarterback at the Edmonton bench, he has just been examined by the club doctor, and they really don't know the extent of the injury. It's in the rib area. He's very sore, and uh, whether or not he will get back in depends on just how he reacts here at the bench during the break he's going to have. All right, Don, and here is Cassata in the open field of 55-yard line, sliding out of bounds across the 50, and he'll have a gain of eight. Don, that's rather interesting because we speculated whether Jack Gatto would let Rick Cassata run, and when he did get outside there, he didn't challenge anybody. When he saw those green jerseys arriving, he got down on the ground in a hurry, and he doesn't want to take any shots because if they lose Rick Cassata, then they could be in problems. He slid under Marty Huff, and that was a wise thing to do. Huff had them all lined up to the sideline, number 35. This is second and two, 50-yard line of the Eskimos. Evenson does not have the first down, does not have a gain. He was held for no gain at the 50 by Ron Este, number 55, who came to the B.C. line for the Eskimos after he also was an All-American. Just a good defensive play by Ron Este. He fought off Doug Collins and got to the right spot, and he made the initial contact here in the backfield. Holding a big guy like Jim Evenson to no gain is something. And here we have Ottawa with a third and two situation. But Este got good contact with the offensive tackle and made the, the original contact with Evenson in the offensive backfield. Very important stop. It forces the Riders to punt. Does not allow them to go in the field goal range for Jerry Organ. They trail by the three-point 10-7. Charging it as Dupree lost the ball. It goes over to the Ottawa Rough Riders. 
The second time the Eskimos have misplayed a punt return. This time it cost them. Doug Collins came up with it. Number 66, and the Riders will get a first down from the 23-yard line. Well, Dick Dupuis came up and tried to make that catch on the run. It was an end-over-end kick into that wind, and sometimes they tend to float away from you. If it's a spiral ball, it seems to come to you, but if it's an end-over-end ball, the wind will hold it up more, it tends to float away, and Dick Dupuis got it around his knees and couldn't hang on to it. But inside the 20 reaches the 17. That'll be good for six. Huey Oldham with a six touchdown for the Ottawa Rough Riders. And like the other riders, desperately looking for one today in the Grey Cup game 1973. He's got that number 13 on him like a blanket all day today. Larry Highbot going with number 27. Hugh Oldham, wherever he goes, 13 going with him. Set on loading on the left side for Oldham. LeFave has the interception. He was dragged back into the end zone. They will mark it at about the two-yard line. There'll be no points awarded. The Eskimos will have the ball. Well, this is one of the problems that Rick Cassatt has had. He wanted to throw the quick out. It was that quick four or five-yard out to Huey o or to Roe Nixon. We watch him. He wants to throw it here. And he couldn't throw it originally. And instead of throwing it out of bounds, giving them a chance for the three points, he laid the ball up in the air, and the fave got in between the ball and the intended receiver, Nixon, and made the interception. And that takes a possible three points away from the Ottawa football club. What a tremendous first half this Grey Cup game is turning out to be. I trust our viewers across the country are enjoying it along with us here as the teams go back and forth. The turnovers, two exciting touchdowns, a field goal. The Eskimos lead 10 to 7. Now from the two, Letterman. At quarterback, with time to throw long for Larry Highbaugh at great speed. Can't quite get him. A great defensive play by Marcelin. And ball thrown almost 50 yards to Highbaugh. Incomplete, it'll be second and 10. Well, Marcelin has good defense. We see the good position, but the pass led him back in toward Al Marcelin, which made his job a little easier. If Lemmerman had been able to get that ball to the inside a little bit, he would have given Highbaugh just a little better chance at making the reception, but he had to come back towards Marcelin, but Marcelin did have good position. But you got a couple of real burners in Marcelin and Highbaugh. This should be the Eskimos' last play with a wind advantage. The first quarter is about to end, and the interception almost made by Mark Cosmo. Time runs out, and that is going to be all for quarter number one. The score is the Edmonton Eskimos 10 and the Ottawa Rough Riders 7. The 1973 Grey Cup game continues in a moment. Here's to the everyday things that end up being everything. Here's to all things simple with casual clothing and footwear from Marks. With Russ Jackson, this is Don Chevrier. As we get set to begin the second quarter, this game today televised across Canada, across the United States, into the far north via the Annex satellite, by radio to the Middle East, the Caribbean, wherever our Canadian forces are stationed abroad. Really worldwide coverage and interest in this national football final in Canada. 
And uh, despite the light rain we've had, the weatherman has been really kind to us, certainly in a comparative way to yesterday. The Eskimos now, having changed ends for the second quarter, will punch into that wind. The wind is not quite as strong now as it was at the beginning of the game. The fade in the end zone. He's going to concede a safety touch right there. Don, we might never know whether he was going to concede that safety touch or not because he actually fumbled the center and then he gave up the safety touch. We watched the ball come back to him as a good center and he just lost control of that ball. Fortunately, he picked it up and he's attempting to run it out. I think if he'd been conceding a safety touch, he would have gone down right away with the ball. Well, he was given no choice by Tosh and from the 25, the Eskimos get better field position, but their lead is down to a point. They lead at 10-9 now. Lemmerman, if he has that uh, injured arm, of course, uh, from last week, he's throwing very, very strong today for the Eskimos. Almost caught high bomb, long throw at the end of the first quarter. Boyd Bell slips off one, then met by Woodward around the 27-yard line. They can find him to a two-yard game. Sims had him initially for a loss of a yard, number 65, but he got away. Well, that last defensive lineup, both Cosmos and Jerry Campbell lined up as inside linebackers with Laputka over the center. And Laputka got in there over the center and moved in to help make the tackle. Eskimos, slight edge in the scoreboard and slight edge in statistics for the first quarter. Second down and eight. Lemmerman unloads the short screen to Harrell. Harrell looks for the first down and gets one across the 35-yard line. Tumbled down by Jerry Campbell, number 54. Wilkinson on the bench. Lammerman at quarterback, moving the Western champion. He set that screen up well because when Harrell got that ball, he had about four blockers outside, and if he stayed to the outside and got one block, he might have gone a long way, but he chose to go back to the inside and guaranteed himself the first down. Large, enthusiastic crowd from all parts of Canada watching this game in the CNE. They're at the 37-yard line. Calvin Harrell. Posh made a good tackle around the 41. Had him lined up and didn't let him get away. It's going to be a four-yard gain for Harrell and the Eskimos. They'll be second and six near the 41. Well, Harrell wants to go to the inside here, and it's taken away from him, so he came outside, and Wayne Posh did a good job because he's the only white sweater out here right now, and if Harrell beats him, Rod Woodward, who looks to be in the picture there, has to come quite a distance to make that contact. But Larry Highbaugh is now playing quite a bit of offense in place of Jerry Lefebvre because Jerry Lefebvre is now playing defense, so we'll probably see Larry Highbaugh, number 13, and number 11, Lefebvre, playing offense, splitting that flanker spot. Highbaugh's in there now, but Harold has the ball on the right side, and he's short of the first down around the 45. He had to be to the 47 to get the first down. Wayne Smith got him, number 75. Last year's all-star defensive end who missed much of the year with that broken forearm, which he re-injured in the final against Montreal in the East just a week ago. Great cup enthusiasm, Don, and it sure was evident last night in the city of Toronto. It's evident right now. I'm sure there are many parties underway as fans watch this game right across the country. 
Lafayette is the Escobar putter on third and two. It's a good kick away. Foley has it, 28-yard line, and is taken down. Lost the ball, scooped up, and the Riders get an extra four yards out of it by Rod Woodward. Now the fans might wonder why they didn't throw a flag that time, but when Foley lost that ball, it actually came laterally and maybe a little bit back from where the contact was made. We see the ball come out right at the line. He's right at the line here, and we'll watch where Woodward picks it up. It's on the line, and therefore it wasn't a forward lateral, and he was free to run that ball, but good coverage by that Edmonds team prevented him from getting away. Ottawa at the 34-yard line. They're on, trailing by a point, 10 to 9. 11 and a half minutes to play in the second quarter. Foley comes around from left to right and gets himself about four yards of the 38 and the grasp of Big Ed Molstad, number 74. S.A. Molstad, Legron, and Nectil, the front four for the Eskimos. That's that counter play that Foley ran for a 30-yard touchdown against Montreal. They pulled their tackle, Doug Collins, and Molstad's playing right over top of him, and he followed Collins right down the line. Dave Nectil, who Collins is going to block, met him head-on, and the two of them just sandwiched Foley out of the play. Roger Scales, you see, waiting for his chance to score a touchdown in the second consecutive breakup game. He got one in 71 with the Argonauts. Now Cassati in trouble unloading deep downfield for Huey Oldham. Highball covering him. No good. Speed on speed. Cassata threw that ball a long, long way. But he does have the favoring wind, which has diminished. Unusual wind turned around from east to west. Favors Ottawa in this quarter. Well, we watch Mo Racine, who's in his 16th season, and Dave Nexel fighting here. And this is good pass protection by number 62, Mo Racine. He made two good chunks on the defensive man, and that's all a quarterback can ask for. Morrissey is the only active player, I guess, Don, that played in that 60 Grey Cup game when Ottawa and Edmonton met the last time. Right, I was going to say Dupree and Cooper and Parlinger all back for the punt return. Good kick with the win by Adams. Over the shoulder catch by Cooper at the 10-yard line. Dances out around the 50, and that's going to be all. Roger Perdrick made the tackle. That's the best kick today, 61 yards. And the score, the Edmonton Eskimos 10. The Ottawa Rough Riders 9. The 1973 Grey Cup game continues in a moment. Lemmerman remains at quarterback. From the 15-yard line, Roy Bell and the pitch had to lose a couple. Back around the 12 or 13. Cut down by Charlie Brandon, number 61. Calvin Harrell's had a great day so far. 65 yards. Roy Bell opened it up, getting a 38-yard gain for a touchdown. So along the ground, the Eskimos have been devastating. Their total so far, just six minutes into the second quarter, is 100 yards in rushing. Between those two. Lemmerman rolling and looking. It's on the bounce. No catch by Gary LaFay. It'll become third down and 13. Back at the 12-yard line for the Eskimos. Lemmerman has to be a little unhappy with that particular pass because he had good protection out there. He rolled out, got set up. Lefebvre had found the slot between those linebackers and just behind us, and he threw the ball short into the ground. Now, both teams using an abundance of punt return men. Adam Foley... Woodward near the 35 and 45 for this kick from just over the goal line by Gary LaFay. 
just getting it away at that. It is short. Adams charges the ball 38-yard line. And Walls turns him down right there around the 39. Here's Don Whitman. Well, one chap who has some special incentive this afternoon is Roger Scales, the fine offensive guard of the Eskimos. He's celebrating his 29th birthday. He's number 51, and one of the spectators in the stands directly behind this Eskimo bench is his mother, who came in from Vernon, British Columbia, to watch the game. And he'd like to celebrate this birthday, his 29th, with a victory. Thanks, Don. Not too many guys have this many people know that it's their birthday, but Roger does. He's liable to get a lot of cards. Jim Evenson lost the ball after breaking into a good hole. It's free, and it belongs to the Eskimos. They touched it last. Number 71, Beaton, who made the interception that eliminated Saskatchewan. They rule has touched the ball at the 45-yard line. Well, Jerry LeFave was the last man to touch that ball before it went out, number 11, and if he had got that ball on the bounce, that's reminiscent of a play I remember when Vic Washington dropped one and got it back and went all the way in 68 when we played against Calgary. But if he'd handled that ball cleanly, that ball came right up to him, he might have gone all the way. Jack Goda pacing like a cat on the Ottawa bench. Eskimos with the ball. They're on 45-yard line. They stand high ball wide to the right side. With McGowan, they're awfully tough to cover. Here's Highball. He's got no. He dropped the ball. The 27-yard line. He had beaten Adams, Crust, and Posh and could not hang on. Well, Lemmerman going back to throw and got good protection. And Highball went wide to the right and he ran a post pattern, but he was almost too cautious. But watch number three and 33. Number three, Crust, who should have been over on this side, actually overran that play. He ran past Larry Highball. Highball should have been coming right into him. You know, Russ, the ball into that slight win, I think, dropped very suddenly as it reached Ibaugh. He had to lunge ahead for it or come back for it, and that might have been a factor in him not making the catch. It is second down from the 45-yard line. Markers and throw. Back to Ibaugh. No go. Almost picked off by Woodward. But it's no catch. It'll be third down. There was a marker throw. I tell you, Don, these quarterbacks are suffering because Lemmerman took a great shot there, but I think the original call was holding, and it was after that that Lemmerman, just as he let that ball go, took a terrific shot on the back from Charlie Brandon, and he is hurting a bit. Referee Bill Fry with a holding call against the Edmonton Eskimos. Fry, by the way, is in his 25th year of football officiating in Canada. 10th year in the CFL. He's working the Grey Cup game today. He worked the National Senior and Junior Finals also this year. Well, Lemmerman coming back into the ball game here, and he shook up a little bit, but I'm surprised the Ottawa Football Club didn't decline that penalty and force the Edmonton Eskimos into a punting situation. It would have been third down with 10 yards to go to give him a second shot. Now they're second and 20 at the 35-yard line. Lemmerman, the short release to Harold. Into a crowd, getting as far as the 47-yard line, but he is eight yards away from the first down. Rudy Sims made the tackle, number 65. Well, this is the pressure that a quarterback gets here. We watch this contact here. That's Charlie Brandon coming from the backside, and that's when a quarterback wishes they'd just be watching it on television like many of you people. That's a real hit, and that hurts. Well, Rush, you've got four years of experience of doing just that to back it up, watching it with us here. <laughs> No bruises. <laughs> no bruises so far. So 
Well, now the Eskimos finally have to kick. Over on the far side to Adams to the 43-yard line. That's where the Rough Riders are going to start. They've reached about the midway point of the second quarter, and the score is the Edmonton Eskimos 10 and the Ottawa Rough Riders 9. The 1973 Grey Cup game continues in a moment. That last kick traveled just 26 yards into a slight mist here at the CNE. The rain has been no more of a problem than that so far. Let's hope it stays that way. Cassetta will go at the 45. Center field, ridden down, but he'll have a first down. John Legrone got back to make the tackle, but he reached the midfield stripe for a gain of 12. First quarter touchdowns by Bell and by Rome Nixon. Well, Rick Cassetta was a little fake to the inside, but there was a lot of room on the left side. Molstad came to the inside. And actually, Belzer, number 40, expected Rick Asada maybe to go to the outside. Rick gave him a little hip movement, and it was LeGrone coming back from that left defensive tackle spot to run him down. Rush, you know, Ottawa has only had four first downs. That is their first rushing. They've had three in the air, and they trail by 10 to 9, just over six minutes until halftime. Cassetta has got Wellesley, but he's going to go with the ball. And he's Thumped down by Belzer around the 49-yard line. Six yards the hard way. Now the Riders gambling with their quarterback because the only man in reserve is number nine, Jim Foley. Well, he's not coming in now to replace Rick Gazzata. He's just coming in there to replace Terry Wellesley. Maybe bring a little message from Jack Cotter. Uh, it is surprising that uh, Cassetta has been running as much as he has in this game with the factor of Jerry Keeling's injured knee in mind. 26 yards and three carries for Cassetta. This time he releases it is too short. Jim Evenson inside the 50-yard line. Ed Molstead, I believe, tipped the ball. Our spotter Art Dart pointed out. Well, trying a little middle screen in there, and Molstad didn't have the good rush on. He was playing screen, and he got his hand up there and knocked it down. He comes third down and four from the 49. Twee on the right, Cooper in the middle. Left of your screen is Twee, and Farlinger back there is the three-man punt return team. For Dick Adams' kick. From the 15. Good and high. Cooper at the seven-yard line. Danny Deaver down to tackle him, and the Eskimos will start deep with just over five minutes until the end of the second quarter. Well, with the problems they had early, Edmonton in catching those punts, they've got Billy Cooper, who's not playing defense, but going back on those punts, they're putting him in the middle of the three receivers, and He's fielded the last two punts because they were having some problems, and certainly you don't want to give that ball up when they are punting it to you and you are getting possession. Last kick with the win, 44 yards. Here's Don Whitman. You alluded to the fact earlier that uh, quarterback Bruce Leverman took a tremendous shot from Charlie Brandon. Well, they're going to have to go with Leverman because Wilkinson is still having difficulty breathing, and they won't know his exact status until they get him to the dressing room at halftime and examine those injured ribs. Bad news for the Eskimos, and also on that play, a loss of one for Roy Bell. 
Tackled by Charlie Brandon. There was a marker, though. The Eskimos were offside. That has been declined. They will accept the one-yard loss applied to Bell. And it's second down 11 now from the Edmonton six-yard line. Mention halftime is coming up in just four minutes and 30 seconds of playing time. And as we have come to expect over the years, a spectacular halftime breakup show. Lemmerman releases to Roy Bell at the five-yard line. Bell tries to work outside. He's got a first down across the 15. Marker's been thrown. Face guard. 20-yard line. They will likely get some extra yardage tacked on. That's what it is, Don, a face guard, but Bell was happy to get that first down. He wanted to get them out of that particular problem, and actually, the quarterback, Bruce Lemmerman, has set a screen pass up on both sides. Bell is on to the right, and Harold is on to the left. He chose to go to the right to Bell, and he got the first down. We got a big penalty here, another 15 yards, tacked on for that face pass. Wilkinson, uh, how are those ribs? Uh, they're pretty sore right now, Don. I think we'll see what we can do with them at halftime. Good luck. Thank you. So with the penalty, they're at the 35-yard line. First down, Eskimo. They lead 10-9 late in the second quarter. Roy Bell. He's contained around the 37. Lost the ball. The whistle had sounded. This play is dead. Didn't realize it. whistles were blown, but uh, Harold unceremoniously thrown down to the turf by Adams and Wayne Giardino. It is a gain of a yard. It'll be second down and nine. See Bell going in here with that off tackle play again, and he's down on the ground before that ball is coughed up. The whistle is going, and there's the ball. Whistle had been blown. He'd been stopped. Harold Johnny on the spot, though, just in case. Never leaves the ball on the ground, the coach used to say. High ball is flanked wide left. They have three receivers on the right side. And over the middle, as the falls for a first down, he reaches the 50-yard line. Gain of 14. Stopped by Cosmos and Wayne Giardino. Well, I tell you, if he has a sore arm, it doesn't look like it. The score is the Edmonton Eskimos 10, the Ottawa Rough Riders 9. And the 1973 Grey Cup game continues in a moment. That last pass play to Tyrone Wells. He lined up as the receiver, split to the right, and watch where he curls in there. He does a good job. He gets in behind the linebackers about 15 yards downfield. There's no need to be fast on a pattern like this. You just head downfield about 15 yards, get in behind the linebackers because they've now got their back to you as they're backpedaling to get into their position, and you curl around that linebacker. He did an excellent job of getting in behind Mark Cosmos, number 50. McGowan left, high bar right. Here's Roy Bell with the ball and nowhere to go with it. Around the 49-yard line, he'll take a loss of a yard there. Rudy Sims, 65, met him, and they have done a very effective job in this quarter containing Roy Bell. One play too late after his opening burst for a touchdown covering 38 yards. But in the second quarter, they have done a good job. He's been contained to a loss of two yards overall in this second quarter in five carries. Fave and McGowan and Walls go to the right side. McGowan.
Evans, Demarcus Thrown looks in that area and makes a strike to Gary Lefebvre at the 45-yard line of Ottawa. I think they're going to call the Edmonton Eskimos for illegal motion, Don. They've been going out those wide receivers, and Lemmerman hasn't quite been giving them enough time in order to get out there. And they were in motion coming off that line of scrimmage right from the huddle, and I think it might be illegal motion against the Edmonton Eskimos. Referee Bill Fry has ordered the ball be returned to the line of scrimmage. Illegal motion it is. Edmonton. Don, it's the wide receivers. Leverman just isn't giving them enough time to get from the huddle out to their respective positions, and they're not getting out there in time to stop. And in that particular play, the official calls them. The wide receivers to the right. Eskimos now will be second down and 16. Remember, they lost a yard on the first down play. Now on this play, they have five against them on the penalty. As it gets darker here in mid-afternoon from C&E. Back to throw, a long pass. Highbach cannot catch up with it, even with his great speed, as he bumps there on the track with John Crust. Third down and 16, Edmonton. They will turn the ball back on a punt with 2.19 to play in the second quarter. Lights of it on throughout this game, and as each minute goes by, they'll be needed more and more here. Fine mist still falling from time to time at the CNE. Gray waters of Lake Ontario in the background. One of the 13 cameras in use today on our Grey Cup coverage. Eskimo punter Gary LaFay. They've come close to blocking on previous occasions, getting that one away. To Woodward, 36-yard line, and down he goes. Gary Adams, number 62, took him down, and they'll start from the 36 after a 30-yard kick. Don, I tell you, those punt return men are being punished today. There was super contact on that one by the Edmonton team, and both teams are getting great third-down punt coverage downfield, and those receivers know they're coming down. Two touchdowns scored in the first quarter, one apiece. 10-9 is the score, Edmonton. We have two minutes now until halftime. What a great halftime show it's going to be. As I'm sure you'll agree, this game has been so far. Rick Cassetta. Left side, batted away by number 40, Caesar Belser. Belser, I think, is the only man on the field who's played in both the Super Bowl and the Grey Cup game. Second and ten it becomes, 36-yard line. Nixon is on the left side. Terry Wellesley, 22, comes right. Olam is also left outside of Nixon. Green and Evans in the backs to block for Rick Cassata. Cassata trying to bail out the long throw downfield for Terry Wellesley. Tip, no good. Buffet back covering him. Well, this Edmonton team has done their homework because the Ottawa team brought number 22, Terry Wellesley, in, and in the last few ball games, they brought him in on special situations where they try and have him run a seam right down either the left side or the right side, and that's exactly what Terry Wellesley's doing right now. He's going down the right side, but Jerry Lefebvre, who is playing on that side as the inside safety, he had to be at least 15 or 18 yards deep when Rick Cassata took that ball from the center, and there was no way Terry Wellesley was just going to burn down past him. Jerry Keeling, a spectator only of this game. He'd like to be playing, but that injured knee stained against Montreal has kept him out of it. 
Evans average is 43.4 so far today, and he got that one away just in time. A good high kick. Cooper at the 30-yard line, and the former Ottawa Rough Rider taken down right there. I imagine there are some friendly comments when they make those tackles on Cooper down there. Some of his old buddies earlier this year probably saying a few things to him. They'd have a word or two for him. Adam's kick was 46 yards that time. We have a minute and 29 seconds until halftime, and please don't go away. It's going to be a super halftime show. Knowing Cooper, Don, he's probably saying something back, too. He's a fiery competitor. From the 30, LaFave coming out to the left side now. McGowan right. Lemmerman has been the quarterback since the injury to Tom Wilkinson. Roy Bell leans forward around the 34-yard line. Make it forward of that play. Tom Laputka, one of the ferocious front four of the Ottawa Rough Riders, made the tackle with 107 remaining. Jack Goder at the Ottawa bench. Very high bar. Speed is a tremendous threat for the Eskimos in this game at the Western Bench. Second and six now. 34-yard line. Good charge, and he simply unloaded the ball behind Calvin Harrell. 65 Sims and 60 Laputka were marching on his doorstep. Third down and six, so the Eskimos will have to kick with less than a minute left now. The clock showing 47 seconds of first half Grey Cup playing time. The experts couldn't really pick a winner before the game. These two teams very, very close in so many areas, and the score indicates they were right. 10-9, a point apart, the Edmonton club on the long end. The Faves to punt again. time and he just got that away Marcelin almost blocked it Foley at the 45 yard line will give the Rough Riders at least a series of downs in the 39 remaining seconds the punt traveled 34 yards from Lafay that wind is not as much of a factor now as it was at kickoff time but it does favor Ottawa in this quarter Russ has been a great half been super. I'm surprised the Ottawa team is taking plenty of time because the clock is running. I expected they might come out on the ball, try and get an extra play in, get in position for maybe an attempt at a field goal. Short toss to Rome Nixon. The flea flicker going out to Terry Wellesley, and Wellesley reaches the 55-yard line. He may have a first down. He saw them work that in practice the other day, and they put it into play here late in the second quarter. Well, some people might not know what a flea flicker is, but we watched Wellesley go in motion to the left, and Rome Nixon, who's split out to the left, does a quick three or four yard out. Casada tries to get that ball to him as quickly as he can, and it's up to Wellesley to be in that position for the pitcher. Missed the first down by about a foot. Now the pass for it. Tom Cullen cannot make the catch. Draped over him was Sam Brett's number 45. So it's third down and about a foot. They have 18 seconds remaining. What do you do here, Russ? Well, you get that first down. The clock is stopped right now. I think they'll put, well, Schultz is going in there to replace Cullen, and I assume they're going to try and get the first down, hope they have another play, get it out of bounds, and try a field goal or a single point. Single would tie it if they have time to execute one. They trail 10-9, 18 seconds remaining. Santa's going to throw third down on a foot. 
Left side, he's got Nixon. He steps out, stops the clock, 39-yard line. They will have a shot at scoring a point or three before this half ends. Well, they got the clock stopped with 14 seconds to go. They should get one more play before they have to attempt the field goal. Nixon and Wellesley on the left side. You hold them on the right with Foley, and Casada's going to throw again. Get a bit closer, too far for Oldham. Now with 10 seconds left. Do they run the risk of one more play and then perhaps the field goal or go to it right now? Let's see what they do. Schultz is coming in with Jerry Organ and the field goal team. Well, that's the pressure when you've got those defensive men all coming in and they've got their hands up in the air. And some people might say, well, gee, Rick Asada missed him there, but... Certainly when you got those hands up, you have to find a spot to throw it through. And we see Jerry Oregon. He was the leading scorer in the conference in the East. And as we mentioned, Don, this is an opportunity to possibly break the field goal record because he's trying for 46 yards. With the wind, remember, this could be the longest break-up field goal ever if he makes it. It is. And Ottawa will have the halftime lead. Well, we have four seconds remaining until the second quarter is officially over. Ottawa leading 12-10 now. Well, we talked about that earlier, that the field goal record was 38 yards as far as distance was concerned, and Jerry Oregon is just up that by 8 yards from the 46-yard line. But we still have a half to play, and either one of these field goal kickers in this game could break that 46-yard record. Very likely. May not last too long. But right now, as installed, Jack Goda's Rough Riders into a two-point lead at 12-10. to 10. Eskimos with time likely for just one play from their 35. Four seconds remaining until halftime. They will be conservative. Calvin Harrell takes it down to one second. They may have another play. The clock shows one, but that is not official. And they will send them back for yet another play to complete this second quarter. Two touchdowns, both scored in the first quarter. Roy Bell, 38 yards on the ground. Rome Nixon from Casada, 38 yards in the air. Now this should be the final play of the first half as Calvin Harrell simply finds a place to fall down around the 35-yard line. Wayne Smith got him. The gun sounds, and the first half of the Grey Cup game is over. It's been an exciting first half. We know you've enjoyed it across the country, and uh, we'll be turning things over to Johnny and Dick for the second half in just a few minutes. The Edmonton Eskimos are back out on the field on the far side of the field. The Ottawa Rough Riders on the near side of the field. Ottawa with a 12 to 10 lead and a, a very exciting kind of a ball game where the rule book, insofar as coaching is concerned, is kind of tossed out the window. Dick, they're gambling, they're trying all kinds of things. Not the ultra conservative kind of a game that you might expect in a Great Cup championship. Oh, you're right, John. The fact that they've gone basically to screen passes they're shaying away from those long bombs that the people like to see they're trying to open things up by using the screens running trying to get a little bit of balance in the attack to uh, get things generated and also to keep some momentum going as far as each club is concerned and i think that basically what will happen is that a uh, possibly a an interception a fumble one of these miscues might be the telling factor in this ballgame The 
Well, the winner of the Outstanding Player of the Game Award will receive this brand-new Datsun. This is the Labatt Trophy for the Outstanding Player of the Game. And, you know, this is an award that has been uh, presented uh, by Labatt's and won by a number of outstanding players over the years. Joe Zuger of Hamilton in 67, Dick Washington in 68, Russ Jackson 69, Sonny Wade 70, Harris 71, Healy in 72. And now they kick off to start this second half of the football game. And this is speech to Larry Highbaugh. Into the 25, into the 28, and finally pulled down at the 28-yard line by Jim Foley along with Soupy Campbell. And now to start the second half of the game, following a 63-yard kickoff, a 26-yard return, they place the ball down at the Edmonton Eskimo 27-yard line where it'll be first and 10. Bob Howes, number 53 at center. Martin, 50 at one guard. Roger Scales of Vernon, British Columbia at the other. Larry Watkins, 67 at tackle with Charlie Turner. Tyrone Wall, 75 the tight end. Don Warrington, 21 in the slot. Harold, 19, and Bell in the backfield. Bruce Lemmerman, the quarterback. Roy Bell. And Bell was pulled down again by Tom LaPutka and Dick, and it continues to amaze me how well they've been able to shut off the power of Roy Bell. Well, it's been uh, particularly uh, Tom LaPutka in this first half of play. I think that he's had an outstanding game. As soon as those guards start to pull, he's across that line of scrimmage, nailing things in the backfield. Just an outstanding job so far by Tom LaPutka. It'll be second down and nine yards to go for the Edmonton Eskimos at the Edmonton 28-yard line. McGowan, Lefebvre, Walls, and Bell are all set out to the left. Lemmerman. And that was, well, it was intended for Gary Lefebvre, but the closest man to it was Wayne Tosh. That'll make it third down and nine yards to go. Got to notice George McGowan going over to Gary Lefebvre on that play. I believe it was supposed to be an out pattern. He curled it to the inside, and of course that's why nobody was around other than an Ottawa Rough Rider. Third down and nine yards to go. Rod Woodward comes back along with Foley and Dick Adams, the three safety men for the Ottawa Rough Riders. Gary Lefebvre from his own 15-yard line. He takes a lot of time before he sets that ball up. And this is Adams back at the 40, to the 45, and down at the 45. Took a tremendous hit in there from uh, number 20, Jim Henschel. 44-yard punt, the seven-yard return. Okay, Witt, uh, let's have a word from the Edmonton bench. Well, Billy Cooper, as we alluded in the pregame show, had difficulties with that knee. You tested it as the defensive back. Billy, what happened? Uh, it's a hamstring, Don. I tried to go. Uh, it's just too, uh, too soon to play after a week. I just couldn't get better. I hope just to catch a few punts and... Uh, you know, go from there. I hope I can help the team that way. Okay, Billy, we hope you're able to help your team. Okay, back up to Tony The score, Edmonton Eskimos 10 and the Ottawa Rough Riders 12 the 1973 Grey Cup game continues in a moment. Dick Adams, number 33, has been one of the most versatile men in that Ottawa unit. That could be a very costly injury to him if he's not able to get back into the ball game, and probably Jerry Organ would have to punt. Now as they go back to Rick Casada looking for that left side to Foley, he's got a first down. There's a flag on the play as Foley goes to the 45, the 40, and he twists and fights his way into the 36-yard line. John, if we look at the Ottawa bench, uh, Jack got a kicking the ground there because he knows that play is going to come back. 
I think there was a section of holding on the offensive line there, so that play is going to come back, and it's going to cost the Ottawa Rough Riders 15 yards. Dick Adams injured his right ankle on that uh, punt return there. As you see, Jim Foley on that play. And of course, there's the official's call on it. And that means that Mike Law will have to come in and play the defensive halfback, and Jerry Organ will have to do the punting for the Ottawa Rough Riders. Well, that was a 29-yard gain that was wiped out as a result of the holding penalty, and they quickly go to work on uh, Dick Adams. It is first down over again, 20 yards to go for the Ottawa Rough Riders at the Ottawa 35-yard line. Oh, look at this blitz. They come up to Art Green, and Green fights to the 45, into the 50, all the way across midfield to the 53-yard line. Larry Highball pulled him down. 23-yard gain for Art Green. Art Green came into the ball game with a 4.1 rushing average this season. And look at the rush that uh, John was mentioning to you, getting from Dave Neckel out there, but it's set up just beautifully as Rick Cassata lays it over his head. And it was Jim Evenson that threw a good block for springing loose on it. First down as they hand off to Jim Evenson. Evenson over the 45, down to the 42-yard line before he is pulled down. And that's very, very close to a first down. And Gary Lefebvre made the tackle on Jim Evenson. And John is going to be called back again because Mo Racine, number 62, was called for holding on the play. So it'll cost them another 15 yards. They'll bring the ball back to the 48-yard line. Ten-yard penalty for holding. We'll put the ball at the 48. It'll be first down over again and uh, 20 yards to go. And now we have Terry Wellesley coming into the ball game, and Jim Foley will go out. Each an excellent slot back, very versatile, lots of speed to receive, and each can block. First down and 20 yards to go at the Ottawa 48. Asada way down there to Ron Nixon, and he's got it, but he went out of bounds. You must land with one foot inbounds in possession of the football, but he didn't do that. I wonder if you can tell how long ago I played, because I'm giving him 15 yards for holding. <laughs> Back him down, and uh, 20 yards to go. Holy comes back into the game. Rome Nixon, 6'5", 215. He's the kind of a target you can't miss anywhere in that field, even, even if you were a short quarterback. But Cassata, looking for Nixon, makes it a good combination. Second and 20. Evenson with the draw. He goes to the 50-yard line, picks up two or three yards on the play, and Ed Molstad, 250-pound defensive tackle. Other end of a punting situation now. Third down and 17 yards to go. The ball is just over the 50. Now Dick Adams is coming back into the ball game. And Billy Cooper will go back along with uh, Dick Dupuy and John Farlinger. Cooper down there likes to gamble on those punt returns without paying caution to the uh, safety of it at all. Much like Dick Adams for Ottawa. And this is Farlinger, and Farlinger is hit down there by Dan Dever. Dan Dever, who usually shakes up anybody, he hits particularly when it's one of his own men. A 45-yard punt and a one-yard return 
You know, that punt is really the toughest kind to handle. People wonder, well, why don't they go out and catch that ball? That was a knuckler that come down there, and it floats all over the place, so it's better to let that thing hit the ground and then take it on the first down. The Edmonton Eskimos are first and ten. The ball is at the Edmonton 16-yard line. It's a 12 to 10 ball game. Ottawa leading. Chris Limmerman takes to Roy Bell. He's going to have to hurry. And Roy Wayne Smith, with only one hand, almost pulled off the interception. Big blitz there by Wayne Giardino. I thought Giardino was going to pull him down before he got the ball away. Oh, take a look at this quarterback. Oh, that's got the smarts a little bit. Second down and 10 yards to go. What would have been interesting there would have been to see Wayne Smith intercept that ball and run through people. He would have only had, I was going to say he's only had to run through the officials as well. Larry out to the right. McGowan, Lafave, Walls, all set out to the left. They go quick out there to Highball. Oh, what a great drive. Highball really took a hit there from Al Marcelin. Marcelin reminds me a great deal of Mark Luster when he hits the halfback. He sure does. And here you see Tom Laputka being blocked there by a couple of people. And, of course, that pass uh, and the hit on this one. And, and you folks at home should be glad that you're there because <laughs> we can feel it up here. I hope you can feel it there at home. It is third down and 10 yards to go for the Edmonton Eskimos on their own 16-yard line with Gary Lefebvre dropping back to about his own three. John Crusp is now out there, number three, and plays to Dick Adams, number 33. Foley goes in as the safety man. Here's the kick to... Whoops. Woodward stepped in front of him to take it, and he is down at the 47-yard line. And he's hit in there by... Willie Martin, 34-yard kick on a three-yard return. Martin, one of the big guards. The Eskimos have a big offensive line. And the ball is at the 47-yard line, the Eskimo 47. The Ottawa Rough Riders are first and 10. Rome Nixon, 74, Foley 9, set to the left. Hugh and wide to the right. Green and Evenson in the backfield. They fake to Evenson. And they screen out here to Tom Pullen, the tight end. And he gets over the 45 end of the 44, and he's stopped there by John Beaton, another fine rookie from Simon Fraser University. Well, it's really up to those defensive halfbacks to react on that particular play of screen. They've got to read whether it's a pass or not, cover their area, and then react to the screen pass, and that means fighting their, their way through two or three blockers to make the tackle. John Beaton did just that. Terry Wellesley comes in with a play from head coach Jack Gota. It is second down and six yards to go. The ball is at the Edmonton 43-yard line. Ottawa lining up in the eye. Then he sends everybody in motion. Sideline pass there to Art Green, and he broke a tackle and finally was driven out at the 27-yard line. Art Green hit by Sam Britz, number 45, pushed out of bounds. 16-yard gain. John Beaton had him originally, but he lost him. That puts the ball down at the 28-yard line, and the Ottawa Rough Riders, leading 12 to 10, are going with the wind in this third quarter. They need some points. Foley, Poland, hold them all left. There's early motion here. 
Pisada is caught back there, and he's dropped. The ball popped loose, but the whistle had blown the play is dead. Caesar Belzer, number 40, a real headhunter, and there was an offside play there, and it might be against the Ottawa Rough Riders, who were a little anxious. Take a look at 16-year veteran Mo Racine and Dave Nectel. Oh, let loose of my jersey, will you, Dave? <laughs> All right, the ball. There's the offside against Ottawa, but it has been refused, so... The uh, loss was back to the 36-yard line, so it's going to be a second down and 18 yards to go. Wellesley goes in, and you'll have Wellesley pulling an Oldham out to the left. Green and Nixon to the right, but Evenson the only man in the backfield. Posada looking deep down there for Rome. Nixon in the end zone, and it's intercepted by Gary O'Fay. A super young athlete. Well, of course, with Rome Nixon, uh, he tries to lull you to sleep with that slow striding, but he's got the big strides, and he tries to get behind you. Gary LeFay playing him to the inside, giving him that outside, which is only about five, six yards, just goes right with him to make the interception. A seven-year veteran of the CFL. He originally signed with the Edmonton Eskimos in 1966, then went to Montreal for a couple of seasons. First down now for the Eskimos at their own 10. Lemmerman comes out throwing to Calvin Harrell. And Harrell just got to the line of scrimmage when he caught the ball and he fought for a couple. And the score, the Everton Eskimos 10, the Ottawa Rough Riders 12. The 1973 Grey Cup game continues in just a moment. The fellow just came up with that big interception. You're going both ways, Gary. Are you getting a little tired? Yeah, I, I certainly am. I think it's affecting my punting too. I haven't, uh, I haven't hit really any good punts, and I think probably it's due to uh, I'm a little bit tired. I think Ray Ox yelling at you. He probably wanted you to go back in. And that second and seven pass was incomplete. It'll be third down and seven. I think Tyrone Walls was going to be the one, and this is the kind of a day, at least the day started with that brisk 20 mile an hour wind, the rain started to come down, the kind of a day where you need a big pullback and a strong tight end to pull you out. The wind seems to have lessened just a little bit, it might be 15 miles an hour. And the will kick from behind his own goal line in third and seven, Al Marshall is spot on the far side of the field, out of your range, in case. And that's where the Kick to Al Marshall at the 43. Marshall is hit very quickly by Don Warrington, and he's dropped at the 43-yard line. No flags on the play, and so the ball will start from the 43. Let's get on to Pat Marsden for this report. Jerry uh, Keeling, what are the uh, Ottawa offense going to try and do right now? Uh, really, I couldn't. I uh, don't know for sure. Rick's been... Uh, Calling most of his own game, doing a good job. I think uh, I think we're probably going to try and start uh, running straight at him a little bit now. Thank you. Art Green carried that ball over the 40 into the 39-yard line, and John Legrone, a six-year All-Canadian, as a defensive tackle and a former lineman of the year in 1969, was the tackler. The gain is uh, four yards. It'll be second down and six to go. 
McEwen at center. Fredericks is shooting the guards. Racine and Collins the tackles. Asada just got that ball away. What a great catch by Tom Pullen down to the 29-yard line. Sam Britz made the tackle. Three turnovers for Ottawa, one for Edmonton. Well, on this particular play, what the uh, what Rick Cassata did was get everybody going to the right side, and then you notice that Tom Pullen just delayed there, went back against the grain, and of course he was running away from Sam Britz, who came in to make the tackle, but the pass was completed, and it's another first down. Morey Seen, the uh, 16-year veteran of the Ottawa Rough Riders, is shaken up. What a story for this young man who he said in his first grade cup back there in 1916. He's the lone remaining active player with the Ottawa Rough Riders from their 1960 team, the last uh, one. And he said he's in better shape this year than many years because so many people trying to take his job. First down, 10 to go. Oh, and that screen on that left side to Art Green. And John Legrone drove him out at the 18-yard line. John Legrone. Green went all the way just in case, but he was marked out, and that should be enough for the first down. When you have a screen pass, it depends on the defense that's called as to who has the responsibility. On this particular one, it's the defensive tackle that has the responsibility of picking up the halfback coming out, and that's John Legrone. He reacted over there very quickly. Otherwise, that would have gone for six. Here you get a chance to see it again from the defensive standpoint. Set up very nicely. John LeBron reacting very well to get in the play. There's his foot touching right there. And the official right Johnny on the spot to mark it out. The Abbott Eskimos are backed up to their own 18-yard line. First down, Ottawa. 5.25 left in the third quarter. This is Jim Evenson. Evenson down to the five. Four, three. He's down to the goal line. He's in for the touchdown, Jim Evenson. This young man has carried the ball 1,342 times during regular season play. Gets his first Grey Cup touchdown. And it's a happy Jack got on the bench. Did you notice this play is designed to go to the inside. He swings it to the outside. A little bit of arm tackling here on the part of the Ottawa Rough Riders. You notice they're ducking their head. And once you duck your head, you're lost because that guy will run right through your arm. And he does just that. And Jerry Oregon, who was good on 25 consecutive converts during the season, is unerring in this one. 19 to 10. Ottawa. Edmonton. Five minutes and 15 seconds remaining in the third quarter. What a tremendous story Jack Goat and those Ottawa Rough Riders have written this year. After four straight losses, I don't suppose uh, it could have been a more dismal or pessimistic outlook for them. And let's get out of Pat Marsden. Well, there isn't a happier man in Canada right now than Jim Evenson, and why not? His family is here from Portland, Oregon. He's done the job that he set out to do, and the Rough Riders are out in front 19 to 10, and they were convinced from the opening whistle that they could move the ball on this Edmonton defense, and obviously they have, Johnny. Gary Oregon will set it up at the 45-yard line, and going back will be Roy Bell and um, Larry Highball. Now, both have speed. Bell has the power. But Bell's power has been shut off today, which has been one of the major factors in the 19-10 lead Ottawa enjoys at this stage. 
This is Highbaugh at the goal line. He's always exciting. Look at the moves he puts on. There's a flag down. A clipping penalty will be called. And Highbaugh is finally pulled out at the 33-yard line. Dan Dever drove him out. A 67-yard kickoff, a 35-yard return, and he changes gears more often than an Indy driver. He sure does. He's trying to set up his box here, and of course, once he takes it to the outside, well, those, those blockers are trying to help him out in any way they can. Sometimes you get a little bit behind the man, and he's called for clipping on the play. So it's going to take it back closer to that goal line. A clipping penalty against the Everton Eskimos. I mentioned Roy Bell. He's carried the ball 10 times for a 39-yard average, 3.9-yard average, a total of 39 yards on the afternoon. And that'll take the ball back to the five-yard line where it will be first down for the Edmonton Eskimos. Bruce Lemmerman looking for that right sideline and no good. George McGowan making a desperate lunge out for the football. It was just a little bit too far. That'll make it second down and ten to go. Ottawa's defense has been well prepared. They've taken away just about everything they might have uh, used with George McGowan in the pass pattern, but now that they're down 19 to 10, they're going to have to go to him. I'm a little bit surprised that they haven't tried to use McGowan more. To uh, He runs those curl and hook patterns very well, and a little bit surprised. Here's Lemmerman again going to that sideline to McGowan, and he pulls this one in. Yeah, he gets up to the 15-yard line, and that's going to be very, very close to a first down. I think he's got it. Dickie Adams made the tackle. Here you get a chance to see the precise cuts of George McGowan as he sets up that defensive man, looking down, driving him deep, and then making that quick cut, coming back to the ball to make sure it's not going to be intercepted, and then turning it to the inside to try and get away from his man. A little close to uh, face matching there, but he got the shoulder pad. Coach Ray Yock sends in... Don Warrington, good receiver. He got 30 passes this year. Larry Highbaugh comes out. Gets a little more blocking out of uh, Don Warrington. First down and 10 for the Everton Eskimos at their own 15-yard line. This is Roy Bell cutting it inside. And he's taken there by Charlie Brandon. And Brandon stopped him at the 20-yard line. It'll be a gain of five. Second down and five. Okay, Pat. You can expect to see more Racine back in this football game, but he did take a shot right in the eye. He doesn't know for sure if it was a fist or fingers, but as he put it, he said, they can't hurt us anyway because we're going to win this football game. Number 62, Mo Racine. Okay, Pat, second down and uh, five yards to go. All of the 20. Hammerman took over from Wilkinson. Ball was almost tipped. They've got McGowan at the 26-yard line. That should be enough for the first down. Al Marshall over there to cover. Good, cautious, conservative calling on that uh, unit, Dick. I think we'll get a chance to explain that in a moment. The score is Everton Eskimos 10 on the Ottawa Rope Riders 19. The 1973 Grey Cup game continues in just a moment. Tom Wilkinson is warming up at the Eskimo bench. He hopes to get into the ball game. He's got those badly bruised ribs. The diagnosis at halftime was they didn't think anything was broken. And Wilkinson on the right, wearing number 12 with the jacket on. He's a tough competitor. Any fellow who chews tobacco has to be tough, John. But he's going to try to get into the ball game. 
First down at the 26, and they try to go to Tyrone Walls. Walls is being covered by Marcelin and Adams. And uh, <laughs> no great up no oil. I thought this game was going to unify Canada. Well, I tell you, everybody's here from all parts of the country, and uh, there's an indication we can take you from your living room right to the stands here at the CNE. And there's Soupy Campbell going in on that last play. He's been shutting off the run, and he's on a blitz situation here, circling around, working a little deal with the lineman. He doesn't get to the cornerback, and he hurries things up. Second down and 10 to go with Lemmerman looking to the left side this time. He's got Wall at McGowan at the 38-yard line. Well, they're, uh, usually the first part of the game you measure a club's spirit by its gang tackling is still there, Dick. It certainly is. They want this ball game bad. As you see this play again, what happens here is Wayne J. Ardino looks to the inside. He's supposed to be covering the outside hook zone. He looks to the inside watching the quarterback's eyes, and he makes a mistake on that play, and it's completed to George McGowan. McGowan hit Tosh so hard of that one that he split Wayne Tosh's face mask on the tackle. That puts the ball at the 38-yard line, first and 10 for the Edmonton Eskimos. A minute 44 remaining in the third quarter. What a ball game. Bruce Lemmerman on the toss to Roy Bell. Bell is hit by Charlie Brandon. Brandon, 260-pound, I was going to call him a tackle, but he thinks he's the best as an offensive tackle. They think he's best as a defensive tackle, but he does it all so well. Second, Naval is at the 38-yard line. It'll be second down and 11 yards to go. Now they have uh, Brandon out there playing defensive right end. Sims at right tackle, Laputka at left tackle, and Smith at left end. This is Lemmerman back into the center. What a catch. Tyrone Walls into the 47-yard line. Uh, that's going to be a couple of yards short of a first down. Mark Cosmos. Well, Tyrone Walls, who you get a chance to take a look at here, Cosmos is really the man that gets back into the play. He's got to react to it. He's going, he went with the role of the quarterback, and it was a delay, sort of the one, a play that the Ottawa Rough Riders used so well to Tom Pullen. He went with the quarterback, but then reacted in to get in on the play. Third down and one and a half yards to go. The ball is at the Edmonton Eskimo 47-yard line. They've been eating up that clock pretty well against the wind. The wind is still at about 15 miles an hour here at the CNE in Toronto, and 27 seconds remain in this third quarter, but the Eskimos are going to have to kick into it. Eskimos have had the ball for four minutes and 48 seconds on this drive. Harry LaFave. High wobbler. Rod Woodward goes over to take it at the 43. Up to the 45, to the 47-yard line before he was driven back. And that was Bob McGregor who drove him back. A 20-yard kick and a four-yard return. I don't know of a year when more people from more cities in Canada came to the Grey Cup or more people across the country at home had more interest in it as is indicated by the letters and the telegrams and the support for these two teams representing half a country. Casada 
to Green. Green broke the first one to the 50, and he's into the 52-yard line before he's pulled down. And that runs out the score of the third quarter. And the score, the Everton Eskimos 10, the Ottawa Rough Riders 19, the 1973 Grey Cup game continues in just a moment. Here's to the everyday things that end up being everything. Here's to all things simple, with casual clothing and footwear, from Marks. The high peaks of the city of Toronto are being topped only by the peak of emotion of the great crowd of the CNE in Toronto. the 53-yard line. It is second down and three yards to go for the Ottawa Rough Riders. And this is Jim Evenson. Evenson hit that uh, left Edmonton corner and drove him back, but it's going to be very, very close. They might have to bring out the sticks to decide. Pay Cup. Challenge score ever since 1909. John, we've seen Jim Evenson a number of times this season. He's had an outstanding year as far as rushing is concerned, but I don't think I've seen him run as hard as he is running in this ballgame today. Well, he got a first down, and I tell you, he did a great job in driving back that left corner for the Abbott Eskimos. Marty Hopp, who uh, took him head and head and couldn't hold him. And Jim Evenson, he's reaching almost the 7,000-yard mark in Canadian football. Green from Albany State. And he is up over the 45 into the 44-yard line, and that's very close to another first down. And Dave Nechtel, a former rookie of the year in 1968 with Toronto, held him down. Here's Don Whitman. John Bruce Lemmerman has been operating under some difficulty, I'm sure. I notice a lot of blood uh, coming through that bandage on the uh, injured arm, Bruce. Yeah, it's got Bruce pretty good in the second quarter, and it's filling up with some fluid, and they're going to let Tom go now. I'd like to see how he can do it. I'll just try to keep loose. It's, it's pretty sore. It's, I think the thing is my timing's off just a little bit in favor of it, but we only got 15 more minutes to go. 13 now. we got to come back on the ball game. Okay, Bruce, back to you, John. Second down and about a foot and a half to go for the Ottawa Rough Riders, and Jim Evenson makes that with comparative ease. He goes into the 39-yard line. It'll be first and 10. The Edmonton Eskimos playing in their seventh Grey Cup. They won three and lost four, and they won all three together back in 54, 5, and 6. And for the Ottawa Rough Riders, they've been in it 11 times, and they've won seven of those trips. Ottawa leading 19 to 10. Our first down at the Edmonton Eskimo 39-yard line. The toss to Art Green behind the blocking of Tom Schutte. And he gets about two or three yards on the play. It's noticing, uh, Dick, that they've been used Charlie Braggins in there in place of Racine. And there's what has happened statistically. Total offense, 228 yards for Edmonton, 220 for Ottawa. And that's just about how close it is. 
Each have completed 11 passes. That Ottawa has a slight edge in the rushing department. 448 yards of offense and three quarters of play, which is quite a lot for a usually defensive conscious break up a game as it usually is. 19 to 10 Ottawa. And they run that draw with Jim Evenson. Evenson goes into the 33-yard line, and he is going to be about four yards short of a first down as John Legrone made the tackle. Next year, the Grey Cup game goes to Empire Stadium in Vancouver. And the year after that, there's every possibility that it'll go to Calgary in 1975. You probably saw Huey Olden going off there talking to Rick Casada. He's probably telling him, look, Rick, I got this man going one way. I might be able to beat him on a particular pattern. You'll see if that holds true next time they get the ball. Gary Organ from the 40-yard line will try for three. High snap. Oh, and he had to kick it low. Had to hurry it. This goes down to Larry Highball at the... Whoops. Gary Organ was the first man in. And he is dropped down at the three-yard line. And now here's a flag coming down as Dan Dever came in late. I wonder, what, I wonder what the official would have thrown if there was another penalty on top of that one because he threw his hat for the second infraction. He didn't have much left. Dan Dever, I think, uh, commented the first half. He gets a little... Uh, a little over anxious when he gets out there. Piling on. As you see, Bill Fry making the call. Piling on, paddling will move the ball out to the 18-yard uh, line, and there it is. Larry Highball has to make a quick move on it because Jerry Oregon is there. And you'll see the late hit there. Right to the ball. By number 30, Dan Dever. That penalty was waiting. At the 18-yard line, first down and 10 to go for the Eskimos, and Tom Wilkinson is back in the ballgame. Whoops, he fumbled the football. It's recovered by his guard, Willie Martin. <laughs> getting back in with a uh, change in center, one quarterback to another. Just a slight different, slight feel, a slight change in the cadence, and take a moment or two to adjust to it. They give them the ball right at the 18-yard line, so it's the original line of scrimmage, and it is second down and 10 yards to go for the Eskimos. High ball to the right, and Wilkinson. There's a flag on the play. Wilkinson trying to send him down deep. He goes to McGowan. McGowan takes it at the 30. But let's see what that flag does to it. Well, you'll get a chance to take a look at this, but really what happens is I talked about the top of the show. When you're when the line is in that three-point stance, Wookie is either going to go quick with the snap or wait till a, a longer period of time. In this particular play, uh, he went up very quick motion, and that actually drew Wayne Smith off. And here we see George McGowan taking the reception after he scrambled around. It went for a longer game, so naturally they'll take that first game. That'll put the ball up to the 30-yard line. The gain was 12. President of the CFL, David Loeb, and His Excellency, the Right Honorable Mr. Mitchell, the Governor General of Canada, enjoying today's game as he did the college game yesterday. 
First down for the Eskimos. Wilkinson with better pass protection this time. Fires that ball out to Tyrone Walls. The ball popped loose. It's ruled as a completed pass. And a fumble. Calvin Harrell recovers. The score is the Edmonton Eskimos 10, the Ottawa Rough Riders 19. The 1973 Grey Cup game continues in just a moment. Good long look at our location here at the CNA, the focal point of the 1973 football season, the Grey Cup championship from a high tower camera to give you an idea of the enormity of it. And then a closer in, you have more look at the fun and the frolic that goes as the game to make it up a great week of football festivity. Capped by this afternoon, and we have early motion again as Wilkinson is forced out of there. The ball is punched out of his arm by Wayne Smith. It's recovered by Bob Howes, the center, but the whistle, at least the flags had certainly fallen before that. It was an offside on the play. Tom Laputka was uh, getting some... Well, he was very eager. He got in there in too much of a hurry. And you, there you see the good right arm of Wayne Smith who punched the ball loose. And the offside nullifies all that, which takes the ball up to the Edmonton Eskimo 28-yard line. Edmonton has, has had three penalties for 20 yards. Ottawa has had six penalties for 70 yards. Eskimos as Wilkinson looks out there for Tyrone Walls and this is the first down as he goes to the 45 into the 47 yard line the ball is fumbled and is recovered by number 17 Wayne Tosh of the Ottawa Rough Riders two in a row for Tyrone Walls but they couldn't bail him out a second time well this is just a case of good hitting by the Ottawa Rough Riders on the occasions that they've had it you notice here he turns it upfield following the blocking of, of George McGowan. I believe it was Soupy Campbell that came over there and uh, took a shot. And then, of course, Wayne Tosh came in to pick up the ball. Wayne Tosh having a big afternoon for the Ottawa Rough Riders, who are now back knocking at the door. They lead 19 to 10 with nine minutes left in the ball game. First down, Ottawa at the Edmonton 33. This is Jim Evenson. Evenson is hit by Caesar Belzer at the 30-yard line for a gain of three. And today's breakup game decides whether three-year-old Barbara Wozniak of Winnipeg or Edith Shannon of Vancouver wins $100,000 for first prize in the $400,000 Manitoba Golden Sweepstakes based on the Canadian Football Championship. And they're up in that crowd there somewhere. six yards to go. The ball at the Edmonton 29-yard line. Casada sends everybody out of the backfield. He is trapped. John Legron, a defensive tackle, a six-time All-Canadian from Southern Methodist. And Dave Nectel, a former Rookie of the Year back in 1968 from Waterloo Lutheran. Make it third down and eight to put the ball on the 31-yard line. So this is really designed as a quarterback draw play. They wanted to get the blocking to the outside and then take it upfield because Roger Perdricks was down about 20 yards throwing a block on a defensive halfback. Rick would have had that little opening there. He could have taken it a long way. Jerry Oregon, who is, uh, you see his record there this year, he scored 346 points in three years. For, well, that's 38% of all their scoring. Take it 
from the 39. Good. Gary Oregon makes it 22 to 10. Score. The Evans Eskimos 10, the Ottawa Rough Riders 22. The 1973 Grey Cup game continues in just a moment. The clock shows seven minutes and 52 seconds remaining, and we have a 22 to 10 ball game with Ottawa on top. They've been taking advantage of probably some superior hitting that has turned that ball around at the right time for them, and now the Eskimos are under the gun at their own 35. to George McGowan and McGowan is within a half a yard of the first down. Now Marshland drove him out. There's the commissioner Jake Goddard in the VIP section and a number of the presidents of the football teams, a number of the sponsors, the sponsoring companies that have brought you football all year long, 1973, along with the presidents, Mr. Picard of the CBC Network and Mr. Turkover of the CTV Television Network. Jack Goddard great receiver with Calgary and Saskatchewan became a coach with Saskatchewan in 1966-7 and 8 then joined the Ottawa Rough Riders. Second down a half a yard to go. Calvin Harrell is up to the 50 yard line. He's got five and a half yards and a first down for the Edmonton Eskimos. Well, Calvin, it's just got a message on this Calvin Harrell is carrying here as we see uh, on this particular play, what happens is that Willie Miller swings around to block uh, the middle linebacker, Soupy Campbell, on the play to give him this little crack. Calvin Harrell in one game at the Arizona State gained 252 yards rushing. It's amazing that he's even playing football today. If you, if you hear a description of the operation they performed to remake a knee for him and yet to find him out there as an excellent running back, it really is an amazing story. First down, Edmonton at their own 50. Wilkinson pumps once, trying to get high ball deep. Great attempt, but a great recovery by the safety man, Rod Woodward. Just tipped it away at the 15. Five turnovers in the ball game. A guy like this, you got to give him a lot of room. He used to hold the world record for 70 yards at 6.8 seconds. You see, it doesn't take him too long to get down there. And, of course, that great jumping ability would make a good basketball player for a guy 5'9". Rod Woodward from Vancouver. He was with Montreal in 67, 8, and 9 before joining the... Ottawa Rough Riders to become one of the premium defensive halfbacks and particularly at the safety position in the CFL. Second down, 10 yards to go for the Eskimos at their own 50. Lefebvre and McGowan out to the left. Wilkinson favoring that left side. Sees a bit of a hole. And it's Lefebvre, the intended receiver, but John Crust was over there to drive the ball away. Six minutes, one second remaining in the Grey Cup. It's 22 to 10 for Ottawa. The late Bill Smith of the Ottawa Rough Riders used to say that uh, three, three things can happen when you put that ball in the air. Two of them are bad, and we just saw one of the bad things that happened there. Third down and 10 yards to go. Six minutes, one second left in the ball game, and the Ottawa Rough Riders send back Jim Foley and Rod Woodward. Awaiting the punt from uh, Gary Lefebvre. Good high kick. Tremendous kick. This will go to the end zone. 
Jim Foley bounces out of his arm. Let's hit go to the dead ball line. It's a single point. Now it's 22 to 11. That punt travels 75 yards. Well, there you see him getting the leg. He gets everything into that one. Lifts himself right off, off the ground, and the ball hit Jim Foley on the shoulder pad and uh, bounded an extra 15 yards uh, beyond the dead ball line. Gary Lefebvre punted 103 times to average better than 41 yards in the regular season. Now, the Ottawa Rough Riders have the ball at their own 25, first and 10. They lead 22 to 11. Casada to Evenson, and Evenson is piled up by the left side with Dave Nectel and John Legrone in there with Ed Molstad. Molstad, the University of Alberta graduate, now the practicing lawyer at 6'6", 250. He could look rather imposing to a judge in court. Second down, eight yards to go for the Ottawa Rough Riders at the Ottawa 27-yard line. 4.52 remaining. Casada, chased by Ron Este, gets away from him. He's hit in there by Sam Britz, and he's dropped at the 29-yard line. That'll make it third down and six. Ottawa's last victory in the Grey Cup was that 29-11 win over the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in Montreal the previous year. They had beaten the Calgary Stampeders 24 to 21, and then the previous trip to that was when they met the Edmonton Eskimos in 1960, and Ottawa won that one 16 to 6. Dupuy and Farlinger with Cooper come back to receive. They're standing at the Edmonton 45 and 50. Nice snap to Adams. Gonna have to run it. And he's dropped by Highball. He gets up to the 34 yard line. That's gonna give up the football. That could be a big break in the ball game. Okay, Witt. Well, I think the Eskimos may have got the big break they were looking for in this game. Uh, they feel they still have time remaining to score two touchdowns. 4-17 is the amount of time remaining. And the Eskimos, uh, down at the bench at least, are confident now that they've got that butt football uh, on that big break that they can put it in and perhaps get that second touchdown as well. Eskimos will take over the football. Now they have to hold up play because it lost in the size of that Ottawa bench is Larry Highball. And they have to call time to draw attention to the official that Highball is over there and hurt. And Dr. Freddie Davies, the Ottawa team doctor, is lending assistance to him. They'll have to get him back on the other side of the field. In the meantime, that's uh a valuable moment to catch a breath for the Edmonton Eskimos. There's George McGowan's lineup today, six for 69. He got 81 during the regular season to tie Tommy Joe's record at Edmonton, about to lead the uh, CFL this year. John, I think uh, Dick Adams might have made a mistake on that play because I think that he could have gotten that ball off if uh, he'd hurried it up a little bit. I think. He felt, maybe I can make the first down because we didn't have that far to go. Maybe a little misjudgment on his part. Now the Everton Eskimos 
take over at their own uh, 34, at least at the Ottawa 34-yard line. Here's Wilkinson, got a ton of receivers out there. Comes back inside, no good. Trying to hit Gary Lefebvre. But Rod Woodward was there to cover along with the corner linebacker, Mark Cosmos. Here's another report from Don Whitman. Dave Nexo back in your hometown. Uh, that hitting's been pretty tough out there, but how have you enjoyed it so far? I'll say it's been pretty tough. I, I feel too good to a second half, but I feel all right now. It's really, really a lot of hitting going on up there. You uh, forced that turnover on that third down situation. Uh, I think you probably still feel confident you can win it. Yeah, you're right. I think we could have done it before. Okay, Dave, back up to you, John. Eskimos were called for holding with to take the ball back up to the 44-yard line, and that'll make it first down over again with 20 yards to go. The clock shows three minutes and 51 seconds remaining in the Grey Cup Championship. Highbaugh and McGowan both set out to the left to the top of your screen, almost out of view there, out of your view. And there's nobody home. Second down and 20. Defensive secondary, the Ottawa Rook Riders, is having an outstanding game. Those linebackers are getting back into their hook coverage zone. The secondary deep backs are covering their men very well. <laughs> yeah. Just like to refer back, Dick, to a reference I made about uh, oil and east and west a little while ago, a sign that was in the stands that was all meant. Of course, in the spirit of the Great Cup, we're all trying to have a little fun out of the day. Here's Tom Wilkinson looking for that uh, good receiver, but there is an interference call. Interference is called against the Ottawa Rough Riders on George McGowan. Well, Jack got it for a little effect just going out on the field. Uh, as you see here, George McGowan going to the inside. That ball is in the air now, but watch Rob Woodward go up over his shoulder, bumps him before the ball gets to him. And that is a definite uh, infraction. A 22-yard gain as a result of that interference penalty, which puts the Edmonton Eskimos on the 22-yard line. Now they'll send Lefebvre, Walls, and Bell all out to the left. He sends Highbaugh and McGowan to the right, keeping Harrell in the backfield. Wilkinson, and he is up into the ball, caught loose. I don't believe the whistle has gone this time. Mark Cosmo's got a hand on it, and I think he's pulled it back in. Rudy Sims was having a bit of a go with uh, Tom Wilkinson. But uh, Charlie Brandon came in to drive him away from it. There you see the ball being caught loose. It was Rudy Sims that knocked that ball loose. And of course, it's going over to Ottawa. Okay, the score. The Edmonton Eskimos 11, the Ottawa Rough Riders 22. The 1973 Grey Cup game continues in just a moment. Two minutes, 45 seconds left on the clock. The ball is at the Ottawa Rough Rider 24. And on that last play, the ball was knocked loose by Rudy Sims from quarterback uh, uh, Tom Wilkinson. And that's Mark Cosmos that we were watching there. He got back in his hook zone and then got back and got, recovered the ball for Ottawa. The Ottawa Rough Riders at their own 24-yard line. And 
this is Art Green. Green ran into Tom Judy, his right guard, spun off of him into the arms of about four Edmonton Eskimo defenders and picked up three yards along the way. Second down, seven yards to go. Ottawa at their own 27-yard line. 2.25 now left on the clock. A rather dejected Tyrone Walls there. Uh, he knows it's late in the ball game. And uh, one of those balls he dropped might have been very important. Well, it's a game of mistakes. And it would appear that the Eskimos have made more than the Ottawa Rockets. Jim Foley, the ball carrier. And Foley gets off at the 30, end of the 31. He's going to be third down at about three. That play has been pretty effective for them uh, during the season, at least a variation of that play. The latter part of the uh, season, they came back with this counter play action. As you see the turnovers there, they're fairly balanced, but it's a good play on, on uh, Ottawa's part. They get people going one way, and then they counter against it, and it's uh, sometimes just wide open. Two minutes and three seconds, and we would remind everybody to stay with us after the game because Don Whitman and Pat Marsden will be in the dressing room. We'll uh, get you to meet some of the players, a lot of the festivities and the fun, the climax of the 73 season. Nick Adams from his own 17-yard line gets a wobbler off. Billy Cooper playing it cautiously. Highball picks it up, and he goes to the 46-yard line, almost the 45, and steps out to kill the clock. The winner of each, well, the winning player in each team today will take home a total of $3,000. Each losing player will take home $2,000. That punt traveled only 18 yards. The return was three. While the odds are rather stiff at this moment, with 1.37 to go and 11 points separating, the Eskimos proved against Saskatchewan that you better wait until that final whistle. Eskimos, first down at the Ottawa 45. Wilkinson gets away from Charlie Brandon, but he's chased by Rudy Sims. They'll try to find somebody to throw to. There's one on the sideliner that's no good. He lost his balance as he tried to throw, but the flag down originally could have uh, stopped it all. Don Laputka was uh, giving us that early motion on that line. We get a chance to see that early motion there as they use that uh, quick count system of theirs, which draws them offside. I think that possibly the injury to Tom Wilkinson is a little more severe. He's walking around rather gingerly, and you notice when he tries to throw that ball, he just can't get the zip on it, especially when he has to throw it a long distance. That uh, Ottawa defensive line is still trying to intimidate uh, the Edmonton line. They did it right at the beginning of the ball game, and I think they said, well, if we do take a couple of penalties, so what? They'll, they'll know they're in a ball game early. First down and five at the 40. Wilkinson has it tipped at the line of scrimmage. It'll be second and five. Has taken nine penalties for 102 yards. Edmonton has taken 10 penalties for 30 yards. Tom Laputka was the man in to make the uh, tackle, at least uh, to knock the ball down. And that capital punishment gang has had themselves a pretty good afternoon. And Bill Stevenson, the president of the Football Reporters of Canada, is doing a fast tabulation for as the outstanding player of the game who will receive the Labatt Trophy and that new dancing. Now 
Brown could not uh, get to it. And once again, render a gambling, desperate situation for the Edmonton Eskimos because there's only a minute and 18 seconds left in the ball game. The ball will be at the 40. It'll be third down and five to go. And Don Warrington, number 21, comes into the game with a play from the bench. Third and five, and the Eskimos have to gamble. There's Gary LaFave, and what a catch as he goes into the 27-yard line. Well, we might, uh, we have the word now, it is official, that the winner of the Levant Outstanding Player of the Game Award is Charlie Brandon. So let's hear it for the lineman, let's hear it for the defensive lineman, although he's played every spot today. And the winner of the Canadian Pacific Award, the CPR Award, is Gary LaFave as the most outstanding Canadian in today's football game. Sideline pass out there to George McGowan. He goes for a first down and kills the clock. Although he might be two inches away from it. 59 seconds remaining. And this game gang of Edmonton Eskimos battling it down to the very last second. 59 seconds on the clock. Second down and inches to go. Good offer our congratulations, too, to St. Mary's, who beat McGill yesterday 14 to 6 in that college bowl game in very rough conditions. And we have second down and inches to go for the Edmonton Eskimos. Wilkinson. And he, oh, Tyrone Wall stopped it again. Tyrone will wake up with bad dreams about this ball game. As you look at that last pass from the end zone, uh, Tom trying to get some points on that board. Still 55 seconds left to go. But uh, when things go bad, they go bad. Well, it's third down in inches now. The ball is still at the uh, Ottawa Rough Rider 18-yard line. We have 55 seconds in the clock. And uh, Tom Wilkinson simply dies forward. He's hit there by Mark Cosmos, number 50. And that'll now be first down, and we have 52 seconds to go. And so over 36,000 fans who have paid up to $17.50 apiece to watch the outstanding football game of the year, the climax of 1973, have not been disappointed in the quality of the game they have seen. Wilkinson has to step back up into that pocket. Oh, he looted the tackle by Charlie Brandon. And he goes to the end zone to Gary Lefebvre, and it's incomplete. Lefebvre was in over the goal line, but he could not hold on to the ball, and Tom Laputka is slow getting to his feet. 34 seconds. In the last few seconds that we have, Dick, and on behalf of Don Chevry and Russ Jackson and the other broadcast members of our crew, you'll be hearing from more of them later on in the post-game show, but on behalf of us who have had an opportunity to work these games. We'd like to congratulate the CFL and thank the people who have made it all possible and thank you, the viewers at home, who we hope have enjoyed today's wind-up to the season and we look forward to 1974 with the greatest anticipation. Second and ten for Edmonton. Rudy Sims was offside. The pass is good down to the eight-yard line to George McGowan. And that's within a yard of a first down. A 
and that's when this time of the game they're they're going to let everything be completed in front of them they're really not too concerned about uh, what the outcome is going to be now because they the Ottawa Rough Riders feel they've got it wrapped so they play a little deeper on that uh, defense complete the short ones make you earn that those points that you put on the board right after the game is over the Grey Cup presentation will be made we'll be going downstairs uh, to Pierre approve for that one and it'll be done on a stand uh, in our efforts to try to get you, the people at home, right as close to the action and as close to the presentation. It will be made on a raised stand this year. Outside, Outside against Ottawa. That last car will be second down and uh, five at the 12-yard line. But you'll see the trophy presentation. And then we'll go into the dressing room so you can have part of the fun that the folks will be having in that winner's room. 29 seconds left on the clock. Eskimos are second and five. And this is Tyrone Walls as he goes into the six or seven yard line, but he was slowed down again by Rod Woodward. What an outstanding game he's had this afternoon. You get a chance to see Wilkie again going to that short stuff. They've tried the, the rollout. They know that they're having a hard time getting up the middle against the Ottawa defense. So they've tried rollout to the outside. But the defense has just played super on that secondary. They've revolved with the rollout of the quarterback, and they've just sealed off everything. for Charlie Brandon and Gary Lefebvre. I recall the day in Montreal when Gary Lefebvre broke an arm and a leg in the same football game and not only came back to play football, he came back to play football that year. What a determined young man he is. Third down and about a foot and a half to go with 13 seconds left on the clock. They just dive into the six-yard line and uh, we'll have time for one, maybe two more plays. There are flags down again both of these teams in their anticipation to get to the ball. Ottawa again appears to be offside. Ottawa offside and the clock shows 11 seconds remaining. First down at the three and a half just at the three and a half yard line. Eskimos would dearly like to smack over for one more major. Close that gap on the scoreboard. We're into the last few seconds of the ball game as Wilkinson was looking out there for Gary Lefebvre. Touchdown! There's a flag on the play. But Lefebvre comes up with the ball and makes a great catch. We're just waiting for the official now to advise the referee, Bill Fry. Illegal interference is the call against the Ottawa Rough Riders. So naturally that will be nullified and they'll take the major score. We'll take a look at it again as they uh, completed that touchdown. Firing into Gary LeFave. That actually had two men there. I thought maybe Bite has been a little high on it. Gary LeFave goes up, makes the completion for the sixth point. Dave Cutler will try the extra point with Tom Wilkinson holding. And he's good. That's a 22 to 18 ball game. That's four points. 
And, you know, it seems to me that I heard uh, in many occasions where there was either a three or four point spread with Ottawa Rough Riders favored. Well, it's four points right now. Seven seconds left. And obviously the Everton Eskimos will be trying for a short kickoff, then try to kill the clock, and then try for one play. And, you know, stranger things have happened. Of course, the Ottawa Rough Riders know what's going to happen. They got all their, a lot of their, uh, as a matter of fact, Rick Casada is even out there lined up. I don't know, they've got about 30 men on the on the Ottawa team lined up. Casada uh, has chased off. The defense says, look, we've done a pretty good job this far. Don't worry, we'll get a hold of that ball. goes back. Rick Foley, Jim Foley will go back. They try their short kickoff. The ball pops loose and Sam Britz is fighting for it with Jerry Organ. But Jerry Organ has recovered the football. Jerry Organ, the outstanding Canadian in 1973. And there's five seconds left on the clock. Dave Cutler tried to get in there to recover his own kick, but isn't it strange that the two players who had to fight it out for the uh, outstanding Canadian award this year in the Shenley voting could wind up fighting each other for what was almost the last football of the game. And Larry Oregon won that one. This will be the last play of the game. Ottawa Rough Riders have a first down. And Rick Casada goes down with the ball. What a great day it is for Rick Casada. He came in under tremendous pressure. Look, he's got the ball. He's jumping about six feet off the ground as the fans swarm onto the field and the Ottawa Rough Riders are the 1973 Grey Cup champion. A well-played game. Ottawa Rough Riders being more efficient on the afternoon, making the advantage of the turnaround to go in their favor, hitting probably a little bit harder at the right time. There's Ray Yock, the youngest coach in the league, and Jack Goda who at one point had given up as a coach, came back in 1968, fortunately for Canadian football, and uh, what a job he has done with the Ottawa Rough Riders. John, just an outstanding season, and we certainly have enjoyed bringing to the fans at home, and our congratulations to the Ottawa Rough Riders for a successful year, and to Jack Gotta, who is, as well as being a good football coach, just a real nice guy. In just a moment or two, we're going to be moving down to what was a raised podium so that you can see the presentation of this award to the captain. But there is such a mob down there that it's difficult to get through to them. Mo Racine and Wayne Giardino are the two captains for the Ottawa Rough Riders. But now let's go down to Pierre Pru and the presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, Mesdames and Messieurs, Messieurs, the official presentation of the Grey Cup will be made by Their Excellencies, the Governor General of Canada, Mr. Alain Mister and Mrs. Mitchner, the Governor General du Canada, Mr. Alain Mister and Mrs. Mitchner, ainsi que par le Commissaire de la Ligue canadienne de football, the Commissioner of the Canadian Football League, Mr. Jake Godard. Also, in a dual role, dans un double titre, the President of the Canadian Football League, the President of the Ligue Canadienne de Football, who is also the President of the Ottawa Rough Riders, the President également des Rough Riders, 
Monsieur David Lowe. We are also pleased to have the Premier of the Host Province, Ontario, Le Premier Ministre de l'Ontario, Mr. William Davis, the Premier of Alberta, Le Premier Ministre d'Alberta, Mr. Peter Lougheed, and the Capitaines, the Captains of the Ottawa Rough Riders, Great Cup Champion, Champion de la Coupe Grey, Maurice Racine, and Wayne Giardino. Maurice Racine, un mot de ta part. Fantastic. C'est fantastique. Euh, je ne sais pas quoi dire. Euh, C'est une saison. Quand... Et aussi ici, Wayne Giardino. Nous avons une parole de Wayne Giardino. Wayne Giardino, félicitations, congratulations. Et voilà, ce sont les champions de la Coupe Grey, les Grey Cup champions. The Rough Riders, Ottawa, the Ottawa Rough Riders. So the 1973 Grey Cup game is over. And the final score, the Edmonton Eskimos 18, the Ottawa Rough Riders 22. We'll continue with our post-game show in just a moment. Well, Dick, your half was just as exciting <laughs> as ours. Ottawa actually won both halves by two points to give them a four-point win over the game. Well, an outstanding football game. And, you know, I don't know if you could pick any particular play in the game that was a turning point because there, there were so many turning points throughout the game. Only in the second half, the Ottawa Rough Riders seemed to want it a little bit more than the Edmonton Eskimos. And I think that they were hitting a little bit more. Uh, they put... Uh, Maybe Edmonton didn't have enough left for that second half. I'd agree with you, Dick, and I think one of the big things that happened was the fact that Ottawa had good field position most of that second half. They kept Edmonton well back in their own end. And we see by the stats here, it was a close ball game. It's only a four-point win. Granted, the Edmonton Eskimos scored that late touchdown with Lafave going, but certainly I think that the stats themselves indicate that it was a great football game and certainly a super game for all the people here and all the people watching on television. Right. I, the thing that is maybe a little bit misleading as far as the stats are concerned is the fact that George McGowan got a lot of receptions, short stuff. The defense was giving in the short stuff. And uh, we'll take a look at one of the plays, uh, and it was uh, Jim Evenson's touchdown, uh, which was a big factor in that ball game. And Jim had a, a real good ball game, as we mentioned during the broadcast that he was just running over people. I don't think I've seen him, as I mentioned to John during the broadcast, I don't think I've ever seen him run as hard this whole season as he did in this game. Well, he wanted that, and he's been with the Ottawa Club. He's been with the BC Lions for a few years, and they haven't made the playoffs or got to the Grey Cup. But when he came to this Grey Cup game, he wanted to win. And in that second half especially, he carried the mail for the Ottawa Football Club. And he had a super day. I know his parents are here, and I know they're really, really proud of him. And in case I don't get a chance, I'd like to congratulate the Ottawa Football Club for their big win. Now, Dick, I think that they're going down into those dressing rooms. And let's go down to Don Whitman and Pat Marson. All right, you are, Russ. The outstanding player of the game, Charlie Brandon of the Ottawa Rough Riders, the recipient of the Labatt Player of the Game Award. And to make the presentation the keys to a brand-new Datsun 260Z, here is Mr. Don McDougall, the president of Labatt's Breweries Canada Limited. Congratulations, Charlie, on an outstanding game. We're delighted to give you the car, and uh, we certainly hope that you have continued success in the Football League in Canada. Thank you. Thank you very much. Mr. McDougall, before I talk to Charlie, I know you're quite a football fan. Did you call the shot? I, uh, did I predict the outcome, you mean? 
I was went with the uh, odds, and uh, Ottawa, of course, for favorites. But. Okay, well, it was a terrific victory, a very close game, as many people predicted it would be. Charlie, it must be a great thrill, not only to win the game, but to be chosen the outstanding player. Uh, it really is. But never in my wildest uh, imagination did I have an idea of winning this award. It's just, you know, truly great to win the game, I'm telling you. <laughs> Charlie, uh, I guess a couple of years ago, uh, when you were struggling trying to find employment in the CFL, you didn't think this was going to be the end result. No way. No way at all. Charlie, what about the hitting out there today? I was kind of ferocious, which is, I guess, indicative of all the games that we play this year. We try to go out and intimidate people. Well, your front four certainly uh, did come up with a great ball game, and early in the contest, you got to Tom Wilkinson, and uh, those bruised ribs may have been uh, part of the problem that Edmonton had. Well, our front four or five does have a, kind of a reputation, but uh, it's still a team game, and I think we've got 12 hell of a ball players out on that field on defense. Charlie, you've alternated between offense and defense. Do you have any preference? I just want to play, that's all. Doesn't really make any difference? No, it doesn't really make any difference whatsoever. I noticed over in the bench, you people seem to have a tremendous rapport with your coach, Jack Goodham. Well, Jack is the kind of a guy who, I don't know, you, you, you feel like you, you play for him and you play for yourself. He doesn't make any undue demands on you. And he's just a great guy to play for. Okay, congratulations again, Charlie, not only in winning the Grey Cup, but being the recipient of the, the bats. Uh, player of the Game Award and the winner of that brand new car. Thank you. Okay, Charlie Brandon, the outstanding player of the game and the outstanding Canadian player of the game is Gary Lefebvre of the Edmonton Eskimos. Well, thank you, Don. Uh, there are no losers when you have a football game like this one. There's some people come out on the short end of the score, and Gary, believe me, you have nothing to be ashamed of because it was a tremendous football game. Congratulations on winning the CP Award as the outstanding Canadian player in the game. And to make the presentation is Mr. Jack Gilmer, the president of CP Air. Mr. Gilmer? Gary, it's a very Gilmer. real pleasure on behalf of CP Air to make this award to you. You played an outstanding game, and playing under conditions as they were today, when you've got a combination of cold and wet conditions, and to play it both ways, offense and defense, I think you might be very, very proud of your achievement. Gives me a great well, deal of you. pleasure. Thank you. I'd, I'd like to say something. I'd like to congratulate Ottawa for a, for a fine game, a fine season. I'd like to uh, thank my teammates for, for a great season, and uh, I'd like to thank the people who voted for me, and, and most of all, I would like, like to thank someone who I promised and that's my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because without him, I'd have nothing. Thank you. Thank you very much to uh, Mr. Gilmer. Gary, and any guest who wishes a trip anywhere on our 50,000-mile road and, and a check for out-of-pocket expenses. Yes, you take your life. Thank you so All much. All the best. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Gilmer. Gary, just before we uh, let you slip by, uh, we'd like to have a look at the touchdown that you scored, and incidentally, the voting was made before this touchdown was scored. So let's take a look at that play and possibly... Uh, we did, we did look at it, I'm sorry, I didn't realize we had. Let me, let me ask you this. What did the Rough Riders take away from the Eskimos offensively that you thought you might be able to do some work with? Well, we started out running you know, right, right away fairly well, and uh, they, they took it away in the second half and, and probably the last part of the second quarter, and, and we really couldn't get much up the middle at all to not tackle, and uh, we didn't try that many sweeps, but when we did, they, they shut them off too. So uh, they played a great game, and we killed ourselves in many in many situations too by you know holding penalties and things like that but i can't take anything away from ottawa they're a great football club well you had a great season yourself uh, the eskimos should be proud gary again thank you congratulations the 1973 great cup game is over the final score is ottawa 22 edmonton 18 and we'll continue with our post-game show in just a moment well down here in the dressing room jack go a very excited coach 
And Jocko, uh, it's your first Grey Cup as a head coach. You had one as an assistant. Is there much difference? There's a, there's a great deal of difference. I think you find a whole lot more satisfaction and everything. And I think that uh, winning an award for a guy like Charlie Brennan, I think, is uh, just just shows you the kind of football club that we have. I mean, guys that are doing it in the trenches, this is the kind of a club we've been for the last few years. And it just completely thrilled over winning the Grey Cup. And here we got Mo Racine, the big giant frog, you know, 16 <laughs> season. And, and <laughs> okay, okay. You don't feel too much I'm of just that. Glad to, I'm just glad to see those guys that work so hard in those trenches be, you know, be honored the way that they've been. We just, it was a great game. And I think that the hitting that we did in that ball game from one point on is, that's it. <laughs> well, Jocko, a tremendous victory. Mo Racine, how many Grey Cups is this for you? Five. You know, something, four, though. <laughs> you, know, you know something? You've been able to sip champagne out of that thing a lot of times. I've never had a chance. Can I have Just a swig? Definitely, definitely. <laughs> Not too much. You know, I could, I could get to like that. Mo, how about that mouse under the eye? Where'd you get that? I don't know, you think I got a finger or something like that. I thought I lost my eye, really, because I got, uh, you know, I didn't know where it was for a while, but it's been a super year. We lost four games. We stuck together. Jock was stuck with, with us. And I, I've never had so much pleasure to play football. It's just been super. Can you imagine Charlie Brennan winning the prior alignment but on our team, which is just great. He's had a great year. Uh, I don't know what to say. I think it's just been great. Uh, I can't believe we won it, baby, and that's, that's what we were here for. We worked so darn hard. We have no superstars in our team, and I think that's what did it. Uh, really, I, I'm so excited. It's unbelievable. Well, Mo, give me another swig of that champagne, and Pat will talk to another player. Oh! Well, I'll tell you, we're going we're gonna to talk to two guys who have been extremely prominent on the Ottawa Football Club this year. I refer to the Canadian Player of the Year, Jerry Organ, and Tommy Pullen, uh, who has played on a number of Grey Cup teams. Now he's been with Montreal, been with Ottawa. Jerry, let me say this to you. You guys have a ranging football team. I have never been on the sideline where so many guys are just right out of it, really. No question about it. We're all crazy out there, I'll tell you. It's a, it's, it's a marvel the way we win football games. Uh, we, we're pretty rough on the sidelines and rough on the field, uh, and the, the officials are throwing flags all over the place. But uh, when it comes right down the wire, we just seem to come out on top, and it's just been one of those years. just a fantastic effort on everybody's part. Well, there's no question about it that the defenses are probably the glamour guys or the rough riders, but Tommy... Offensively, this is not a bad football team. I don't think a lot of people realize the, the real power that is there to be utilized when it's needed. Well, I think that we've shown that, in the, especially in the past few games, that we can move the ball when we have to. And as long as we get more than the other team does, that's an offense. That's an important part of the game, you know. And uh, the fact that we have two quarterbacks who can come in and do the job and who, in whom we have just the greatest confidence, you know. It, we feel that we can, do, we can score when we have to. Sometimes relax a little uh, when we're ahead, but... Uh, we always feel that we can come back, and I think this is uh, one of the reasons. I just got to take a minute and say hi to my sister Kathy in Vancouver, okay? Uh, I know she's watching. John Whitman got some champagne out of the cup, but I can get it. Okay, you can have some of mine. Even I'm drinking that today, baby. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you, Tommy. Okay, Pat. And uh, we have Mark Cosmos here and uh, Tom Laputka and Al Marcelin. And first of all, I'm going to talk to Mark Cosmos because he's had three Grey Cups in four years with three different teams. Mark, uh, this particular team seems to have great spirit and great unity. Definitely the, one of the finest teams I've ever played on in my life. The association has been great. I, I can't say enough about the defensive line. At one time, when, when they hit them and the ball scrambled out of there, I thought they were to capital punishment because it looked like a head rolling out there. I, they're just a great team. And I hate to say I told you so, but last year I said you need a Greek on the team to win. <laughs> and I repeat it again this year. All right! <laughs> okay, well, you need some big defensive linemen. And Tom Lopatka is one member of that front four. Where did that nickname, Capital Punishment, originate? Hell, I don't know. The guy who wrote that newspaper article. 
It, uh, he just came up with it, but uh, it, it may be fitting. I don't know. Tom, Tom uh, the club uh, forced a couple of turnovers out there. The hitting seemed to be very heavy up front. Yeah, we were we were kind of tense, you know, at first, and um, uh, we just weren't, uh, you know, just doing the things naturally the way we were doing, you know, because we were so excited. But I think it just came down to just getting relaxed and, uh, you know, doing the job the way we know how. I'd just like to say one thing. I just wish that uh, Frank Morgan was here with us to enjoy this. Okay. Thank you very much, Tom Lafutka. Here's Al Marcelin. Al, come on over here. <laughs> I think you guys are coming up with an awful waste of champagne, pouring it over everybody's head. Pat, I could think of a better use for it. Al Marcelin, how about that ball game? Fantastic. It was just fantastic. I thought, you know, the defense just played a hell of a game. You know, the front four, the secondary, the linebackers. We, all, we don't only have a front four. You know, we have a whole defense. Al Marcelin, I'm going to let you get back to the dressing room and drink a little of that. Oh, I want to say this much. Here's a man that really epitomizes what this club is all about, Dan Dever. Danny, hey, that's right. Good luck to you. The 1973 Great Cup game is over. The final score is Ottawa 22, Edmonton 18. We'll continue with our post-game show in just a moment. Well, as you saw, the celebrations are going on in the dressing rooms. They'll continue on through tonight, and who knows? The Eskimos will go back to a very special celebration tomorrow night at 6.30. And the Ottawa Rough Riders will have their special celebration on Tuesday. This is Ernie Afghanis on behalf of our broadcast crews saying goodbye from CNE Stadium. Stand by the key, over. Okay, keep it going. Stand by to take... Uh...